The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When new adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow, the whole world is my own And it's great to have um, the big Homer back with you. These are wonderful times, everybody. What have we got coming up on this evening's soapbox? I've got no idea, Alan. Oh, well, you have some big interview lined up. Oh, we've got some big, actually got some big guests. Yes, at 10.30, we're speaking to Graham. It's Graham, isn't it? From yes. the Burnt Church Film Club, uh, which is in Glasgow. And I consider him to be an inspiration to, to us, well, certainly to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly an inspiration for the film club that Catherine and I are starting just over a week to go. The Rabbit Hole Picture Show. The Rabbit Hole Picture Show. There's 15 tickets left. And we might be lining up a special guest as well, who made a documentary about the movie Fright Night. I'm talking to a guy who made a really cool documentary about Fright Night. He might be coming. Now, normally, if we were going to have special guests, we'd up the price of it to pay for... But no, 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 no. We can't retrospectively... It turns out, I've looked and spoken to the legal team, we cannot retrospectively up the ante in terms of pricingtons. So... Um, you, you, people who have bought tickets at for eight quid, and they'll be eight quid for the last 15 tickets, you got yourselves a bargain! So he's coming on, then at the end of the show, we'll be speaking, it's a pre-recorded in... Why is it echoing? 
I'm not echoing. No, I am. It's Are you a, on the other point? It's a pre-recorded interview with a gentleman called Morgan Neville, who's a movie director, and um, he directed the Mr. Rogers film that I absolutely love and adore, Won't You Be My Neighbour? It gets released in a couple of weeks in the UK. I urge everyone to see it, because it will make you cry, and it will make you want to live your life better. My friend Mel, you know Mel, (laughs) she went to see it at the weekend. My sister has seen it, and both of them said, it's made me want to do better. And it's, do you know what I mean? You've seen it. I know exactly what you mean. Just a little bit of kindness. Yeah. Made me want to do better. Um, So I urge everyone to go and see that. But Morgan's going to be on the show uh, in the last hour of the show. Lovely guy. He's also directed 20 Feet from Stardom, that I know a lot of people will have seen. Also directed a movie called Best of uh, Enemies, which is about Gore Vidal and another guy and their kind of rivalry. And and I watched it thinking, this is going to be boring. It's a brilliant film. I recommended it to you, Kath, didn't I? Yes. What did you make of it? You didn't Um, watch it. Well... Got a busy life, and sometimes I forget to watch things. A busy life, Kath's got a busy. By the way, me and Kath are friends again. Let me hold your hand. We're friends. Ow! We're friends. Oh, that really hurt. Sorry, sorry. I was just so. I'm just feeling so affectionate towards you now that we're friends. Oh. That, that squeeze a bit hard. What would Mr. Rogers say? He would say, "Well done, you got her good and proper." We're friends. We're friends again now. This friendship is toxic. We are. We are contractual friends. Oh. You could replace one of those O's with a U. What? Where's your beef? You squashed my finger around my ring. <laughs> Ouch. I once, yeah. I once squashed my finger uh, in my ring, but that's a whole different skillet of fish. Hey, I've got some sad news about, well, Mr Rogers-related news. Oh, yeah. You know they're making a new film um, with Tom Hanks. I mean, Tom you couldn't Hanks, have anything... Star just when you thought Mr Rogers couldn't be nicer. Star of Bachelor Party, I yes. I love Tom Hanks yep. so much. Yeah. Well, someone died on set. Tom Hanks? No. Who? Whom? Um, Whom? I'm going to say, like, a yeah, just say camera it. guy. Okay, so, so no one important. He fell off the balcony. Oh, yeah. That is, that is bad, mm-hmm. actually. That's yeah, terrible. sadness. Wow. You wouldn't I mean, think that you could do stunts on a Mr Rogers film. It's a dark phone-in, but Catherine has come up with a very dark phone-in. People who have died whilst making movies. Of course, the Twilight Zone movie, directed by Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. a stunt person died. Didn't they, did they crash a helicopter, Alan, or fall out of a helicopter? I think of Brandon Lee, who did the quote. Brandon oh, Lee yeah. did the quote, who got, sh- here's the thing, got shot on set when, of course, it should all have been empty fake bullets, or real bullets, which was a scene from Bruce Lee's movie, The Game of Death, where he gets shot. Like, isn't that something? Terrible. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. It's dark, but we're going there. Um, Oliver Reed? Didn't die on set, mate. Okay. He's got to be on set, not just during the film. Probably drunk. He's got to be on set. It can't just be someone who died. Give us a call. Who died? 0344 499 Well, that's Alan Caddick's usual reason for calling. There we go. No, it's got to be someone who died on set. Oh! Oh! This is going to be a sad one. This this is a great phone-in, though. Roy Kinnear. He died on set. He fell off a horse during uh, the filming of the remake of The Three Musketeers. Yes, he did. Directed, I think, by... Um, Joe McGrath's friends, the uh, American, oh. who directed Dick, Dick Lester, mm-hmm. Richard Lester. Um, yeah, Roy Kinnear died. Oh, back in the seventies, wasn't it? No, that was in the. I'm going to say that was 1990 that Roy Kinnear died. Let me to fact check. I'm going to remember Richard Lesterberg and the Three Musketeers. Hang on a second. No, that was the original film. Then they remade it. Don't tell me the year, Kath, because I want to get precise. Um... I'm going to say, please, please be quiet. No, because I'm not on Wikipedia, I'm trying to think. I'm going to say 91. Incorrect data. What? 
1988. Okay, so my first. So I was. I was two years, years ago. years ago. Yes. The very same. Blimey! Blimey! Who'd have, th- who'd have thunk it? I'm downloading um, ghost hunting apps for my pocket telephone. I, I feel this conversation's gone as far as it needs to go with you, Alan. You're getting on my nerves. Good evening, Malky. He was, you know what I mean? Oh. He was getting on my wick. Good evening, Malky. This is Good someone, evening. This is someone who'd Good never evening, get on guy. my wick. This is someone who... This is someone who would never get on my wick. It's Malky. And I'm feeling the love. I'm happy we're all I'm again, feeling the love tonight. Number one and number two, I'm feeling... And all right, and number three, I want to make sweet love to you. Let's do it. One, two, three. Over to you. It's a song I wrote. Did you? you? For Eurovision. How did that go? Beautiful. It went like this. Number one, I'm feeling love tonight. Number two, my wife is out for the night. (laughs) Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's It's an extramarital affair. Extramarital affair, Malky. Malky, you better say Ejaculate. what you wanted to say because he's not going to stop. Ejaculate. Stop it. Extramarital affair. Ejaculate. Don't make me hit your reset button again. Okay. Yes, Malky. What can we do for you this evening on on this this the holiest of nights? Because of course tonight is the night that we th- that Two historians. Put where a John? Uh, where a Johnny? Put it on your. Where here's because historians believe that tonight, which is uh, October the Wednesday, the October seventeenth, is the night, the actual night that Jesus Christ was born to um, oh. Mary and Joseph in a stable. wasn't wasn't Christmas Day. We know that. We know that. And actual historians who've done scientific research um, uh, found traces. Of um, internal lady debris. Oh, come on. Putting it delicately on a donkey and on straw and on a manger. And they were able to carbon date it to the um, 17th, Wednesday, the 17th of October in the year zero. Well, in that case, let me wish you a Merry Christmas and a preposterous New Year. Hey, hey, mm. hey. What? So, what? So, like. When Mary was like a little girl, yeah. right? Well, she was like 12 when she had the baby anyway. She was, right? yeah. So when Mary was six, right, that was 6 BC, right? <laughs> but what would they say, Malky? So, right, they got to go in and fill in a form, because it's all about taxes. We all know it's about taxes, <laughs> right? So they had to go and fill in a form. Right. Go, right, okay, what's what's the date today? It's the 3rd, 3rd of July, that's uh, 7th, 3rd, 03, 07... What am I? What am I? What am I putting here? Have we? Have we settled on a year? Are we, am I putting six BC? Did they do birthdays in that then? Of yeah, course they did birthdays. Right. Holy night, such a holy night tonight. I wanna make love. No, no, not on holy night. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Malky. Malky, what have you got for us tonight, Malky? Big, big well, call, big I, show. I can't agree with that point. Yep. Because uh, the child support agency, after God, it must be about ten trillion pounds that is due. Yep, yep, it's got, it's got to be, it... uh, at least. Um, well, first point was uh, Christopher Lee, uh, Reeve had a bad accident with a horse. Didn't die though, mate, did he? He, he did eventually. I think it was. We, we all die. Movie. We all die eventually. Yeah, yeah. He did. But, that uh, was doing. Uh, that was doing a movie. He fell off a horse, didn't he? Uh, Broke his yeah. spine. Yeah. Was that during a movie? 
Uh, I, I'm not convinced maybe. it was. I think he was. I think he was a horse man. I think he liked a bit I mean, of polo. I, th- I think you're right. I think um, I beg to your And the only reason that. that's in my head is because I'm reading this Robin Williams biography, and, and he was really, really good friends with Chris. Oh, that's what he was his godfather of the cat, wasn't he? Yes, he was, man. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, happened in an equestrian competition. Yep. In ah, uh, right, Culpeper, ah, Virginia. Right. So, so not only did he not die. It wasn't during the movie. So that's, that's yeah, two yeah. strikes, so Malky. On one, more, one more strike sorry. and you're out, buddy. Um, sorry. Got to well, teach well, my point was about the littlest Tobo. Yes, sir. Because uh, I loved that. I loved the littlest Tobo. It's a good but song. The worst, the worst episode. Do you remember the one with the, huh? the little lad in the wheelchair? Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Down? We're talking about the, the, the song The Littlest Hobo. No, no, the, the, the actual episode with the oh, little Tobo, the dog. Hang on a minute. What, the Wait, guy... He, he, the a, guy that sang a, the song owned a dog. I'm confused. <laughs> no, no. Oh. It was actually... I get it. I get Tobo. it. I get it. You're one I, of these... These are one of those... These are one... This is one of... Catherine, let me explain. This is one of those trolls mm. who is trying to convince me that there was a television series of The Littlest Hobo <laughs> when mean... we know it's a song. You're like, listen, I'm not that um, UKIP guy when, everyone, when he was doing the periscope and everyone's going, no sound, no sound. Is this on? Can you hear? No sound. I'm not that. I'm a clever intellectual, uh, Malky. There is... I'll let you do your little, little spiel. But I am not for one second believing there was a television series based on that song. And if I might just say, <coughs> I kind of expected more of Malky. I thought I... he seemed like a nice guy, yeah. straight, a straight-up kind oh, of no, guy. I'm sorry. Well, I'll move on. I'll move on. I'm mistaken. Good. Thank you. Thank I'm glad you. you backed away from it. Apology accepted. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, anyway, uh, most importantly, I just want to say it. I love you guys, and I just I wanted to start. Well, don't troll us! Don't troll us, Marky, Malky! Don't troll us! And I apologise for nearly calling you Marky, but Marky Mark is on my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- peace and, and love, uh, brother. Uh, have a good evening, man. I'm, I'm loving this show. Merry I'm loving I'm loving you, Malky. Merry Merry Christmas. Good evening, Sadiq. Can I? I want to meet you one day. I want to meet you in Leicester. Will you come to Leicester? Uh, will you pay my expenses? As a friend, I want to meet you. That's why I'm a fan of your show. That's why I want well, to Will you pay my expenses? No, I can't. How old are you, Sadiq? 25. Re- remember last time I, I, d- I do remember. Now, Catherine, what year were you born? August 13th. Of? Oh, day after me. That makes you 41. Of which year? Uh, 89, 1989. Yeah, yeah. 89? No, 89. Hang on, 89? And you're 25? Yeah, I, was, that yeah, makes... I was born on August. My dad passed away in um, June. He had pneumonia. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. June of that, you're 89? Yeah, but I want I want you come... I want your mobile number. We want what the heck? I'm not giving you my mobile number. Well, I'm your friend. That's what I want to You're no friend of mine, sir. Now, we want it, please, as a friend. Um... Well, I'm kind of tempted. I'll give you my... Have you got Skype? No, I haven't. Oh, OK, because I was going to give you my phone number. Not my mobile, because that's a bit personal, but I was going to give you my home number. How? I just want your mobile there. I can give you WhatsApp. I can send you Indian photos and that. Indian photos? I've been to... That's where I went on holiday. I I've been there as well. I've been there. I've been to India. 
I want to if you have, can I have your WhatsApp, then you can send it to me. Because mm. I love English. No, I'll give you. I'll give you my home telephone number. I will not be giving you my mobile phone number. Why? Because I don't give it to even Kath hasn't got my mobile telephone I number. Have. Shut up. He's lying to you, Sadiq. I'll Here, give you his number. Here's my home phone number. Are you ready? You're going to write it then. Okay. You can call it any time. You can even call it tonight if you wanted. Okay. Yeah, friend, can I ring you any day? Like you can I ring me any day. It's my home phone number, and if there's no answer, then you just leave a message. Like I'm going to a wedding in uh, next week. I tell you all about it. I can send you all phone. It won't. It will just well, just before they get married. Just shout out. It won't last. They never do. O two o three. O. Two. Yeah. O. No, O two. You said O. Yeah, there's a, there's another O coming up now. So let's start again. O two. O two. O. O three. Three. Two. Eight. Two, six. Eight. Six. Six. Three. Three. Seven. Seven. O. Oh. Read it back to me, please, Sadiq. O two O three two eight six six three seven O. Do you want to give it a call now, so it make, just to prove that it works? It's wrong, don't we? I, I just talking. I just guess who's doing? I'm a celebrity now. Holly Willoughby's doing it. Oh man, alive! I don't ever want to think about that show again. It makes me sad. Why? Because I miss it. I miss feeling. Oh, is this you calling now? Yeah. Are you calling me now? Hello? It's me on talk radio. I'm talking to you on radio. No, hang on, someone's... Co- Hello? Call- Who's this ringing my home phone? Not me. Every- so- everyone is the answer. Hello? Oh, who's that? It's not me. No, be quiet. Hello, this is um, uh, Ian Lee's home phone number. Who is this, please? Who's that? This is the Ian Lee's home phone number. Who is this, please? How- who are you? Nah, that is Ian Lee. Who is this, please? How did you get this number? <laughs> Somebody just gave me it. Well, can, who, can, who gave it to you? This is trolling. You're trolling me. It sounded a lot like Malky. My phone's got... Oh, here we go. Hello, Ian Lee speaking. Ian Lee's home. Is that Sadiq? Hello, yeah. Uh, right, who is that? Hang on a minute. Someone just... Right, okay. Hello, who is this, please? Is this a horse face with the trade broadcaster? This is Ian Lee speaking. This is my home phone number. Who is this, please? Is this not horse face with the trade broadcaster? John, you're going to get a smack in the face. How did you get my home phone number? Yeah, John got busted. Hello, who is this, please? Right, well, you left a phone number, so you're going to get a call back. Right, troll me. I'll troll you. Oh, someone's someone's cat. Yeah, hang up because you catch your pants. Okay, Sadiq. Well, it's great talking to you, man. He's gone. Um, that is my. How do all these people get my home phone number? Who's this? Who is this? What do you want? It's Malky. What are you doing? How did you get this number? Uh, yellow pages. Yellow pages. What do you want? Give me your chips. You're getting my chips. Who is this? What is this? 
Who is this? How did you get this number? I can't tell you that. Uh, well, I can tell you that you're going to get a smack in the face. This is trolling. I report. You've, I've got your phone number. That's good. Your number, number. your number ends 927. Oh, oh. 927? Why, why? It's on my screen. I've got your entire phone number. Should we read it out? That's all right. Why, why? Why, why, why? Why, why? Who gave you this number? Hello, who is this? Hi, this is PPI Claims. Can I speak to you and me, please? Why are you all Scottish? Why is it? Why are Scottish people phoning me up tonight? It's where they have the uh, call centres, isn't it? Who is this? What do you want? I'm Robin Because I get my um, home phone num- home phone calls filtered straight. I'm Robin I get my home phone number. Sorry? I get the calls from my home yeah. sent straight to me. It's forwarded on. You yeah, can yeah, do yeah. that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Who is this, please? Home, home phone calls. Hello? Oh. Hello. Who is this? Hello. Who is this and how did you get this number? Could you just talk across the radio station, you don't know? I'm not going to get... Shut up, 927. I would never get... Hey. Donald, where's your manners? How did everyone... How did suddenly everyone just get my phone... My home phone number? And start ringing me from Scotland? It's outrageous. Did you... Did you tell Scotland your phone number? Did you leave my phone number? Did you write it on a lavvy wall in Scotland? Well, we did fall out. Well, we're phoning up Glasgow in a few minutes. Oh. To uh, speak to um, Graham, as the Americans would call him. Mm. Graham, as, as the Brits call him. You swore, you, you swore, you can't come on again. Goodbye. You can't come on to my home phone again, is what I'm saying. Furious, man. Absolutely Furious. Uh, just to hit those ads, I'm furious. After hours amusement for anarchists, air hostesses and jet-lagged Antipodeans. Good night, covers. Can I crash on your floor? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Right. All through that break, we're getting phone calls. There's only one phone number you need, right? And is this phone number for the studio. Forget the other one. Forget the other one. Forget That's it. private. That is private. How did Scotland get my home phone number? And Scotland seems to be passing it around. The phone number you need, the other one you've got, delete it, scrub it out, and then rip that bit of paper, get rid of it. The phone number you need to speak to me is, unless you're a member of my family, is 03, or a lover, is, you know, it could be either of those. It could be, you know, if I were Texan, for example, it could be both. It could be within the same family. Legally, it could be within... The same remit here, a member of my family and a lover. Legally, a cousin. Could have sex with a cousin. Illegally, it could be even closer than that. I wouldn't. I don't advocate that. Just saying. I've only got two male cousins and one just got married. Two's enough. Oh three, for what I've got in mind, oh three. This isn't the number. Forget the other number. That is private and I would, I would really appreciate it if we didn't get any more calls on that because the calls get forwarded to me and that is actual harassment. Oh three. Four four, four nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, we'll speak to Adam. Then we're going to speak. Then we're going to go to Glasgow, and speak to um, our good friend up there. Good evening, Adam. Yeah, mate. How you doing? I'm doing very, very well, mate. I'm also particularly excited because um, I- I've heard that someone's making a documentary about the Police Academy movies. <gasps> yeah, yeah. 
right. Who Hang is on. this? Hello, who is this, please? Oh, yeah. Right, reporting you to the police, mate. This is illegal. Oh, yeah, I'm going to report you, and I know you've withheld your number, but actually I've got a really, um... Hello. Yes, I can still track your number. It's got a seven in it, hasn't it? Okay. Unbelievable. Yes, Adam. Oh, oh hang on a minute. Who, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Adam. Who is this, please, and how did you get this number? You've been placed on hold. Uh-oh. Right. Okay, yes, Adam. I was just wondering where you get all these psychos from, but then I went through your, your call screening process and I realised it was non-existent, uh, and then it all fell into place. Hang on a minute. So, yeah, so who, who is this? How did you get this number? Who is this, please, and how did you get this number? You've been placed on hold. Uh-oh. I'd like to say sorry. Well, I accept your apology. Delete my phone number. I'm sorry for swearing. Well, Milky, it's not good enough. Um, yeah, the screening process for this show, Adam, is lousy. Lousy. Old, uh, boring person. Yeah, really fun. dull people get on. They've got no points to make and don't get the show. It's and it's a nightmare. And I need to speak to Sam about that. Is Sam the guy I spoke to? Unfortunately, yeah. He lets really dull, boring people on who who don't understand the format of the show and have got noisy backgrounds on and no point to make. Sometimes they think they're being really clever or snidey. He lets vibe killers on. I don't even know the format of the show, to be honest. Oh! Um, I was sort of not from work. And... Okay, well, that's well, that's interesting thing. No, here's the no, thing, right? Are we just trying to say offensive things? I, I, I no, no, we're not. We're not trying to say offensive things at all. But this is it. Sam will let any old um, person on who's never heard the show before, doesn't know the format, is in a noisy vehicle, and has not got any point to make and sucks the vibe out. He lets those people on! And I hate him for it, Adam. <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't raise your eye. It's only teenage wastelands. I can be that. I can be that. Go on. Dry your eyes, mate. I know it's hard to say. Oh, no, I lost it. I lost it. No, no, no. Okay. How much this pain hurts. All right. Uh, Graham, if you're listening, you've got to wait wait five minutes. We're doing songs with crying in now. Um, Crying. All right. Okay. My turn. My turn now. It's my turn. We're going around. Um, uh, cry, 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 baby. Your turn, Is Adam. That a real song. Your turn, Adam. Cry me a river. Uh, oh, okay. Cry me a river. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'll do my crying in the yes, rain. It's so easy to cry as you walk away from the love that we made. Your turn, Adam. I'm gone. I don't know how many songs I crying, to be honest. You go. You need to cry, cry. That Johnny Cash song. That's the last one. There we go. Right, right, fine. Go on to your turn, Catherine. Um, all right, here we go. Here's, here we here's go. mine. Here we go. It's my party and okay. I'll cry if I want to. Okay, good one. I saw you crying as you waited for the bus. Were you crying, crying, crying about us? That's a good one. Adam? Hakuna Matata, da da da, what a wonderful phrase. I know it's not about crying, but I'm spent on crying songs. Thanks very much indeed. If anyone wants to play the crying game? Oh. Yeah, you see? Right, um, right, let's get, um, let's get, let's get this guy, let's get Graham up. <clears throat> Explain who Graham is, Catherine, and why we love him so. Graham um, is the mm. organizer, mm. yay founder, yay um, uh, genius behind uh, the, the Burnt Church uh, 
movie club? Was, was, that it, was it Sandra? Yeah. Told us about this. Sandra uh, told us about because she takes her one of her kids, I think, along to it. They love it. So and it's like a little indie. Yeah, film it's club. really, really popular in Glasgow, and it's inspired us to do well, copy it. Really, we, we nicked. We nicked the idea off him. And here's the thing. There's nothing he can do about it legally. Because I'm a nice guy, I'm letting him come on the show so he doesn't try and sue me. Hello, Graham. Oh, no, there's something wrong with this phone line sometimes when I phone out. Let's try this. Hello, Graham. Hey. There he is. Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm good. I was just listening in there and I... Came in a little bit late, and I don't know what was going on, and that's fine. This is this is the thing. Graham is a huge fan of the show, so much so that when uh, I asked him to come on, uh, he said, when are you next on live? That's that's how much of a fan this guy oh, is. Oh, massive fan, mega fan. <laughs> yeah. How's the Burnt Church going, man? We love it, we love it. Yeah, it's going pretty well. Um, since we last spoke, I think we've had more guests. We've announced our Christmas stuff, and Greg's coming back. Greg Sestero, of course, from uh, The Room is coming. So how often do you screen The Room, then? Mm, too often. But <laughs> we're, we're not doing The Room when he comes because oh. he's in Best Friends, as you may know. Best Friends, yep. Volume 1, yep. Volume 2. When we played Best Friends, Volume 1 with The Room last time, yep. sort of like four times or something. And this time I wanted to kind of be like, no, we'll play your new movie because... Oh. That's something I imagine he's prouder of yeah, yeah. than the room. So we kind of wanted to scrap that, but then we, for Christmas, we wanted to play like something fun and something a bit different. And people kept asking for us to play the room again, so we're playing <laughs> the room and the disaster artist at Christmas, and okay. that sold out in like twenty minutes or something. Yeah, it's a great. It's an obvious but a great double bill. Those those two yeah. films back to back. It's it's a joy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a modern classic, if you prefer. Uh, we love classic. Greg on this show. He's a very, very beautiful man um, who doesn't... He's, he's stunning, Kath. When I was sat with him and uh, uh, Tommy Wiseau, um, Greg just is, is... Greg is beautiful. He is, isn't he, Graham? I don't mean that in any yeah. weird way. He's just stunning. No, he is. He's like... When, when we met him at the airport the first time he came, it was kind of like... You know, when you look at... I mean, I, I remember when I was young and I seen David Beckham when I was... When, like, when I was really young and I went to get autographs and yeah. it was David Beckham like kind of shone and you could see him from like miles away and he yeah. really stood out. Greg was like that coming through the airport like doors. You were really right. He stands out, man. He yeah. stands out. An Adonis. Are you showing yeah. Best of Friends Volume 2 as well? Yes. Okay. Oh, we can't we're wait to find out what happens in no, that. Here's the thing. Kath, Kath, Kath wasn't so keen on Best of Friends. And I tell you what. <laughs> I was. No, I, I liked it. I just, it, 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 I really liked it. I, it was good, mainly because it was just a joy seeing those two together on the screen again. That's what you want. Yeah. But it did, it did feel to me that the, there, was, there was an hour's worth of script stretched out to 90 minutes. There was a lot of montage. I really liked it. You like the montage? Uh, yeah, I, li- I liked a lot of it. I mean, the thing with the thing I noticed was because we screened it. Long story short, we screened it four times for some reason or another. Um, and when we played it, everyone was turning up kind of for the room, and I think they were all expecting this kind of crazy, hilarious, terrible movie that everyone's going to laugh yeah, at and yeah. get drunk and watch the room. And when I watched it, I got like a, a drive slash nightcrawler vibe from it. I mean, they're both brilliant movies. I don't think it was as good as that, but I could definitely see the influence. Oh, there's a dark, there's a dark vibe in it, and it's and it is. It's a slick. I mean, the room is quite is actually very slick, but it's a slick 
movie. It's not full yeah. of the mistakes, not full of, I didn't hit her, I didn't, oh, hi, Mark. You know, it's not that. <laughs> now, bearing in mind, I haven't yeah. seen The Room. That was my first experience yeah. of those two together. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't dislike it, but it was certainly different. Okay. Yeah, you've not. You've got to see The Room, man. You've, you've seen yeah, Disaster yeah, Artist, haven't no, you? No, I haven't seen Have you not? No, oh, no, we'll, no. we'll do a do- come round one weekend. We'll do a double bill of it again, because it's... Yeah. It's a joy. So you got that. What, what else? What else? And who else you got coming up? So in <laughs> order. Um, so we we had like a guest month in uh, September uh, where we had Gideon Burkhart from Inglorious. We had Shauna McDonald for The Descent. Um, I can't remember if it was we spoke before that, and we basically had all these guests, and it was just like I was knackered. If yeah. I'm honest with you. Um, so we thought, well, kind of calm down and maybe just have five screenings a month. But, like, we saw every single screening apart from oh. two screenings, I think, till the end of the year. But um, in terms of guests, we're working on 2019. Yeah. Um, we've got some of those guys in the bag. But for the end of the year, I'm really excited for Necromantic. It's one of our nights that is not sold out, but I'm so excited for it. And I know that's weird, yeah. but it's, like, one of my favorite movies that just people don't get the whole idea of that, I guess. It sounds kind of overwhelming for someone if you don't watch gory horror films from the 80s, I guess. Um, how be, how, remind me how many seats you, you people you can see. Uh, legally? Yeah, yeah, well, give us the official stats, and then we'll we'll take that with a slight wink. So the official stats are, are 50. Yeah. But um, if we uh, make the walls bigger, we yeah, can well fit in 85. <laughs> Flip it, egg. Gosh, that, those are elastic walls. And if you're selling that out, Five, mm-hmm. five, four, five times a month. That's an amazing position to be in, man, isn't it? You must be really proud of that. Mm, yeah, I, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy about it. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, it's bigger than it ever intended to be, and it's it's like I, I was speaking to you earlier, and I'm, I'm not kind of frightened to say I've been having kind of a a tough time mentally recently. And when you have that to go to, and you have like the audience who. And it really is like a community when you have like people you can speak to about movies and just be like, you know what, I'm kind of struggling. Like when there's two of them or one of them, that's great. When there's 85 of them, it's, it's like the best thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, you, you, you mentioned to me you're having a tough time. I'm sorry you're having a tough time, man. And yeah. um, I, Well, it is, you know, and you've got my number if you want to have a chat with someone you don't For know sure. very well about and this stuff. Too. Thank you, brother. Um, well, me, listen, me and Kath have totally ripped off your idea. No, you've been inspired by <laughs> We have. Guys, we, honestly, we were. We enjoyed <laughs> chatting to you. So thank you to Sandra who got in touch. We enjoyed chatting to you so much last time that within, like, 24 hours, we'd hatched together our plan, hadn't we, Kath, mm-hmm. for the Rabbit Hole great. Picture Show. Uh, and it's happening. We've got the first one on the 27th. We're showing Fright Night, which I've never seen, but Kath... I love was, that film. This was your choice. Fright Night. Uh, they've got, we've got about 15 seats left. We've, I've spoke, been speaking to your charmer you've put me in touch with, who made the Fright Night documentary, and it looks yep. like he might be coming along in some capacity, which is great, because we be really awesome. wanted to get a guest. It, 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 I, I've not seen the documentary either, because I want to see the film first, but loads of people have been in touch. With, oh, there's a great documentary you've got to see about oh. it. Well. It's included yeah, on the DVD. Good. Um, so, so that's going to be a, a, a special night. And for the second one in November, I'm kind mm-hmm. of trying to hatch together a little musical evening where I want to show I want to show Chris Needham Teenage Video Diary, which I don't know if you've ever seen, Graham. No, I haven't, actually. Mate, it's on YouTube. It's, it's incredible. It's from 1992. It's this 16-year-old guy who starts a heavy metal band called... 
Oh, it's called something like meat slaughter or something. <laughs> um, okay. And the bass player hasn't got a bass. The drummer can't play the drums. It's Oh, it's incredible, man. It's wonderful. So I want to show that as like the B-movie. And then for the main feature, something like Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Something a little bit schlocky where it's a rock group making a movie. That's kind of where I want to go. Does that, as, as, as the expert, Graham, does that sound like a kind of good evening? Musical stuff always goes well. I mean, we have, like, Rocky Horror, like, every three months. And, like, it's not really my scene so much, if I'm yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, but musical always does well because you want to have fun with these things. And musicals tend to not be that depressing <laughs> in comparison to <laughs> some movies that I may watch. So musicals tend to do really, really well. Um, I, I found, though, like, I've realized I'm getting kind of old recently which is kind of weird i'm only 32 but i've noticed that the 90s has come back around and that's popular again so yeah. you mentioned that 92 i've kind of started realizing that people coming into my club were like they're growing up in the mid 90s or late 90s and watching stuff like the craft to me i was like what 10 11 when that came out okay. to them it was like the scary movie they watched as a kid and it's total nostalgia so yeah. i think 90s is back but I'm, I'm trying to pull gory 80s into the Arena, well, arena, how, the eighty seater arena. How do? dare a thirty-two-year-old Catherine come on this show and talk to us about feeling <laughs> old? How dare he? I'm forty-five. Cath's pushing fifty. I am not. That is no, surely not. Have <laughs> a day over twenty-seven. Thank you very well. Okay, well done. Well done. Congratulations. Um, uh, and. We, the way we're thinking of doing this one on October, October 27th is we, pe- people are invited to dress up. Mm-hmm. We're going to encourage people. Oh, yeah. There's a bar open while it's on. We're going to encourage people to shout out. Not talk. We want people to have conversations while it's on. Yeah. But shout out and cheer and boo. And if they've got a funny gag, you know, if someone comes out and you think of something funny to say like you would at, t- at home watching telly, shout it out. Um, and then kind of all have a little chat about it afterwards. I think. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the setup of ours is just I get up and chat shit for 10 minutes. We play some trailers, we watch the movie, I chat shit for another 10 minutes, yeah. and then I say, Who wants a pint? Um, and that's it, kind of it seems to work. People seem to keep coming back for some reason or another. Yeah. Um, but I would say, with, um, with like shouting stuff out, it's always good. Like, if you've never been to a room screening in a room full of people, yeah. when you were asking before how many times I've played it, there's definitely a reason why. I mean, the amount of stuff, like, if you've seen the room, I know you haven't, Kath, I know you have, um, Ian, but when it comes to, do you know how many times he says, oh, you're my best friend, Mark, you're my best friend? Yeah. It's like so many times, or he's my best friend when he's, like, yeah. sleeping with Lisa. Every time, like, he says that, you've got to count it up. And the more drinks people have, you get people <laughs> chat, like, eight. And they're like, no, mate, it's nine. And it's like, <laughs> it sounds really, really kind of boring, but it's brilliant. And, do you and, get um, the spoons it, chucked? Because there's a big thing about spoons yes. with that film, isn't there? Sure. Do you know why? It, it's, it's because, it's, it's right, they didn't have any set, it's set in a room, obviously. They didn't have any posters or pictures. Yeah. So someone just went out and bought loads of pictures to put on the wall. And they're all pictures of cutlery. Yeah, it's just spoons everywhere. So every time you see a spoon, you fling it. We actually still have, <laughs> from our April screening, we still have some spoons stuck, like, in our screen. Because our screen, like, oh. is a standy-uppy thing. Yeah. And we still have, like, yeah, like, I mean, we were basically picking them all up in bulk and flinging them back into the audience. I'm wow. pretty sure that we don't have the insurance for that. I'm Glasgow sure is so hard, isn't it? You couldn't do that. In, <laughs> in London, you couldn't do yeah. that. We'd all go to prison. In Glasgow, though, it's encouraged. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> you've, we've seen worse. There's been worse things thrown at each other in Glasgow. Trust me, um, especially old firm day. <laughs> it's uh, it, honestly, uh, we, me and Kath, I, was, I, I message you this, and I mean this genuinely. Mm-hmm. Me and Kath at some point want to come up and see a movie. Yeah, we do at Please. the Burnt Church. We want to we want to come and make a weekend of it. Maybe we do a rabbit hole show up there as well. But yeah. we want to come. We want to come and experience it, man, and see what what's going on. So um, it probably won't be till the new year now. But we'll have, a, we'll have a little look at some dates and we'll be in touch. That'd be good, wouldn't it, Kath? Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I would love to have you up. I mean, we've got, we've got like, we, we know we've had a good 2018, and when you have a good year, it's brilliant, but we don't really want to just sit on that. So pretty much, as, I hope no one from work is listening, but pretty much I was just sitting at work today emailing people via... <laughs> right, now listen, um, here's, here's, uh, that, that F- F-bomb made me uh, forget where I was going. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, how successful is it getting in touch with people like that on IMDb? Because this is the bit for me is 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 trying to get you know you want someone who's been in the movie yeah, to come along. That's right. a tricky thing to do. How, how is that how you do it? You just go on IMDb and email them. Sort of, yeah. I mean, it's not the preferred method, if I'm honest with you, yeah. because IMDb is very good, and I've had a lot of. But it's their agents you're getting in touch with, and there's a lot of really cool agents. There's a lot of other agents um, that kind of don't really care that we're DIY and community and we just love movies. They just care about, like, what they're getting at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and when they get an idea in the head of what figure they want and I'm coming in so much lower, it kind of almost gets quite offensive. But IMDb is a good way to be. But, I mean, we asked about somebody the other day and we got quoted, like, Thirty thousand pounds in first class bites, and we were like, uh, "No, yeah. no, thank you." And that was a shame because that was that was one of my favourite actors. I won't mention the name. Harrison Ford. Fault. Harrison Ford. Oh, imagine how much he would cost. <laughs> hey, but listen. All I'll say is this: all I'm going to say, Graham, before I let you go, I mean, we would yeah. we'll get get pens and papers, guys, because websites is a coming. If you wanted yeah. to show the Angelina Jolie. Clive Owen movie that I actually star in. Um, mm-hmm. I've forgotten what it was called. Beyond Borders. Thank you. Beyond Borders. You I mentioned mean, I'm, it quite a bit. I'm in that movie. Oh, yeah. I'm in that. If you wanted to show that, I would. I would be up there. I would um, make my own way up there, and I would only want fifteen thousand pounds. That's not a bad show. I mean, we've had we've had worse, you know. Okay, well then, fine. What is the website, um, Graham? If people want to come and have a little look, maybe they live think, oh. near Glasgow, or they want they're coming up there at some point. Yeah, we're um, burnchurchfilmclub.com. Um, the Facebook is burnchurchfilmclub. The Twitter is just burnchurchfilm because Twitter doesn't want you to have too many characters in it, so we, mm. we missed the club out. And yet Twitter, um, Twitter's full of characters, as far as I can see. A lot of them quite <laughs> racist. No, yeah. Um, um, anything else? The other oh, Instagram, Burn Church Film Club. I'm quite active on that. I like yeah. posting stuff on that. Oh, I'll follow you on there. I don't, a wee, but, I don't oh, really understand cool. Instagram, but I'm going to follow you on there now. It's uh, handy. You can do cooler things with it, yeah. but it's not necessarily the most interactive. People watch stuff. They don't really speak much. I'm finding you now. Graham, always lovely to talk to you, brother. Um, anytime you want to yeah. come on, if you've got a big show that's not set, you know, a show that's not selling, a big one you're really proud about, you want to shout about, just, just drop me a line and we'll get you on. We're playing Critters on the 2nd of December, and that's criminally underselling. Oh, really? Critters, yeah. For Critters? No. Yeah, we're only, like, three quarters four, which is quite poor for us. Come on, guys, it's Critters, 2nd of December. I can't think of a more Christmassy movie. (laughs) I know, and everyone plays Gremlins, and they think, no, play Critters. We did Critters. Speaking of Christmassy movies, this isn't definite. This is why I've not mentioned it to you, Catherine, Mm -hmm. but 
there is a tiny chance, tiny, we might be getting Catherine O'Hara on the show. Who's she? She's the mum from oh. Home Alone. That would be amazing. Yeah, wouldn't it? She's that also in Beetlejuice. She's in Beetlejuice. She's, I used to have such a crush on Catherine O'Hara. So there's, there is a chance. There's just a chance that we might be getting her at some point. But you'll never beat Jeff. No, I mean, how, we might as well pack up now. <laughs> we're having a Jeff Goldblum night. We're, we're playing, like, as many Jeff Goldblum movies as we can within our budget. And we sold out in, like, ten minutes. Oh, All of, the women went crazy over it. Of course, of course you did, man. Here's the thing, though. You will never, you will never beat this. He was 12 inches from our faces when he did that. His saliva was dripping off us. And then, get this, Graham, he nibbled my biscuit. Yeah! Oh, he nibbled your biscuit? He he nibbled my biscuit. Graham, nice to talk to you, man. We'll speak again soon. Always. Take care, fella. Ta-ta. Graham from the Burnt Church Film Club in Glasgow. Support these small, independent, you know, whether it's an art centre, a comedy club, a music venue or a movie club. Support them, man. Because people... He's not doing it to get rich. It's community. It's it's community. And it's one of those things. We'll go to the ads in a second. I know we're late, but it's one of those things. I know all the money he gets, he pours it in to trying to get really good guests, you know. And and the, the film thing we're doing... We ain't making money out of it. We, 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 we might get a couple of drinks out of it each, if we're lucky. Um, but that's it. You know, we're doing it because we want to create a community. We want a, a vibe. I've wanted to have, like, a movie club for a long time. You've wanted to have a similar thing for a long time. If you want to come to ours, <coughs> uh, ianlee.com slash event. ianlee.com slash event. And if you want to go to the Burnt Church, then uh, do and let us know what it's like. Because me and Kath are going to go there in the new year. Simon and Jerry, stay there. This is the Late Night Alternative on Tour Radio. Dead of Night Discourse for Disco Queens. I'm related to Jedward and Dolly Parton. Dairy Farmers aye, aye. and Distant Fathers. Yeah, whatever. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Doing lots of things that we don't know about, we can't control. On Talk Radio. Yes, great. So, we are talking about a lot on the show tonight. Big phone-ins. Big, big phone-ins. People who died making movies... And also, the best noise in the world. I'll tell you the best noise in the world. It is... Um... Hang on a minute. Uh... Oh, hang on a minute. I've got to put something in there. Let me put something in there. Uh, what don't I want? Um... Hang on. Bear with me. This is going to be... The... This is the best noise in the world. Do I want that? No, we don't want that. There we go. So this can go... Just put this over here. That's that's uh, this is the best noise in the world, ladies and gentlemen. The emptying the trash on a Mac. The best noise in the world. I've got a rival noise. Go on. Hang on. She's standing up. I think she's about to drop one. Was that dropping? Taking your high heels off at the end of a day. That's not. Sorry, that's a concept. No, it's not a noise. noise. It's not a noise. You you throw your shoes on the floor. Yeah. Fling them. Uh, I fling them. No, 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 no. By the way, lots of people are saying, someone's tweeting me saying my phone number is now on Google. My home phone number. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. And this is a very simple thing. Anyone that phones that home phone number that was leaked earlier on, uh, you, will go to, you will be reported to the police for trolling. Okay? Reported. Uh, reported. So 0344, I'm not impressed. 0344 499 I will be talking to the police. So if anyone phones that number, yeah, sure, be the, be the big guy. Troll. Let's go to Simon. Good evening, Simon. 
Oh, uh, good evening, Ian and Kath. How are you? None of your business. Get to the point, boy. Oh, uh, sorry. All it is, I'm just um, ringing to say thank you for your prompt reply to the email with regarding the work experience. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, ple- my pleasure. The, um, you, you sure you're right to do it on the 6th? Yeah, yeah, of course. With absolute pleasure. We'd love to have you in, man. Can't wait. We, right. we, we're looking, we've got plenty of work experience slots available, so if anyone else is okay. interested, then let us know. Just to clarify, the number that you've put on there, yep. is, is that your personal mobile number? Yes, it is. Please don't share it with anybody. Right. No, 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 you're, you're fine. OK, see you on the 6th. Thank you. Thanks very much indeed. Always happy to help with uh, work experience. Good evening, Jerry. Hello. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Jerry, my old friend. It's good to talk with you again. Oh, nice bit of echo on my voice. I like that. You're buzzing. You're buzzing. And I don't mean, I don't mean you're having a great time. I meant you're literally making a buzzing noise. Popcorn? He's gone. Are you frozen, Jerry? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Can, what can we do to scare you out of it? Can we, um, if, if we... Boo! That <gasps> didn't work? Okay. Um, well, luckily, I've got a cheque for a million pounds for you. Oh, bugger. That didn't work either, did it? Oh, man. Yeah, something. Do you want to try us again tomorrow? Or try us again a bit later if you, um, if you, uh, emerge butterfly-like from your, um, cocoon? It depends what it is, mate. I'm not giving you another blowy. I checked you on go check shop this time. Can Can I do what? Ring the care home. Stop. Ring the care home for you? Yeah. And, and, and tell them what? I'm still frozen. And tell them you're still frozen? I need assistance. OK, we're going we're gonna to do it now. It's happening now. Have we got the number? Yeah, if we put the phone down. Are you ringing us on your mobile, Jerry? No, on their phone. On their number, on their phone? We've got different lines, we'll get Okay, so if we put the phone down to you now and phone it back, it will be get through to them, right? Okay. Will it do that? Somebody should answer it eventually. All right. Um, Sam, are you okay to do that? Just say, we've spoken to Jerry on air. He's frozen, um, and he could do with someone going and giving him a little bit of help. Jerry, consider it done. Okay. Cheers, Thank my dears. Tutty bye, tutty bye. You're going to go and do it because you don't trust Sam? That's no, outrageous. Tell him what Jerry's name is. Oh, yes. <clears throat> For those who don't know, Jerry's a regular caller. He's got Parkinson's. He's younger than me. And, um, oh, I'm on the wrong uh, thing. I don't have an out time. Look, I'm on the wrong... I'm on the wrong thing I can see. Oh, he hadn't typed an out time. Oh, he... Yes, look at the face there. Yeah, this is the face of... of... Millennial outrage. Isn't it? Isn't it? Imagine, imagine, if, imagine if he'd been working in the 80s and he got a real rollicking. Well, that would be like... Gosh. Um, okay, there are two t- phone numbers floating around. Delete the first one, that's irrelevant. It's private. The, the main phone number you want is this one 0344 499 1000. 0344 499 1000. We're looking for um, um, people who died during the making of movies. The best noise in the world. Oh, and there's a report out about Just Eat. Oh, mate, be careful. We'll tell you all of that after this. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making well, I'm you talk. Kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fire up. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone past with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death. 
So the story about oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you have a different, if you have a different number, please don't use it. So the story about the kid, the student. We don't know how old the student was. What do you want? So the story about the student who mixed her granddad's, I nearly said dead granddad's ashes. That'll be weird. Granddad's ashes. Um, just let, just leave it. Just let it ring. Into a cake, right? Reminded me there was a story in the paper this week, and I can't remember it. I can't find it, but it was something like a woman had had like a kidney transplant or a blood transfusion or something, or like a you know, like a hand swap. Right. So she's had something off or out. She's had something from someone else on her. Mm-hmm. And she could hear that person's voice in her head. Stop it. Swear to God, that was in... I don't know if it's true or not. But that was in one of the papers um, this week. And I'm trying to find it. How old you... Woman I'm pretty sure I heard a story about someone having ghost. a hand transplant of like... And it turned out that the hand had belonged to a murderer and it kept going for people's throats. Yeah, mate. That, Remember that, was, that one? Yeah, that was in a movie. Yeah, oh. yeah. That was in, okay. an act, it was in an actual... Movie. Well, you'd think they'd um, change their um, procedure accordingly, then. I don't know. <laughs> um, what was? What would I type in? I typed in "woman transplant ghost." Voices. W- woman. Voice. Transplant voice. Um. You got it. No, I got excited then. Uh, woman transplant voice of donor. Donor voice. Donor. This is, um... Did you dream it? No, no, it was a real thing. Donor voice. Donor voice. Um, no. If anyone knows that story, um, 0344 is the um, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Someone sent me a tweet and an email. Ian, have you ever heard of anything... Oh, by the way, um... Oh, no, I've forgotten his name. That lad that we like, the pop group, is one guy. Sounds like the Kinks. Oh, um, Hollow Hand. Hollow Hand. Got an album coming out. I'm getting sent the vinyl of it. Thanks very much. He's doing, um, he's doing some shows next week. Oh, I just sat on my testicle. Um, 
Oh, it's not my usual bag. I haven't got my diary. Also, that thing you printed off, I think I left it out there. We'll get that in a bit. Hollowhand doing shows next week, but I might be busy. I hope I'm not, because I want to go and see him. But anyway, the album's coming out. And uh, the PR guy the PR guy said, do you want a copy of the, the album on vinyl? I went, dude! Do co- I ever? Of course I do! I said, what do you want from me? He said, I just want you to enjoy it. Oh, yes. correct response. Can't wait. Ian, have you heard of anything by the brilliant Lawrence of Go-Kart mu- Mozart? What? Have you, heard of any, have you ever heard anything about the brilliant Lawrence of Go-Kart Mozart, Felton Denim? I have the feeling he's right up your alley. Well, I'll be the judge of that. He's a fascinating man. A total recluse who has an amazing story. If somehow you could get him on the show, I really think it would be a massive scoop. He almost made it big a few times, but has self-destructed every time. My kind of guy. If you get the chance, check him out. He's on tour at the moment. I'll have to see him in Liverpool tomorrow night. He writes amazing pop songs about all sorts of things, including mental health and poverty. Well, so, well, so did Phil Collins. So nothing new there. A real unsung genius. His newish album is amazing, heartbreaking fun. If you could get him on the show, I'd be forever in your debt. Respect, Chris. Well, okay, Chris. I'm, and, and ignore the fact you signed off respect, because that's, that's a crazy way of signing off. But um, we're, we're going to have a listen. If he's great, he's on the show. If he wants to be, if he's great, we're going to reach out to him. If he's pony, then Chris, you're a dead man for wasting my time. Mm, where's the respect? Well, th- exactly. So, Lawrence of Goatkart, Mozart, Felton, Denim. That's a crazy name. Is that the name of the, the act, the band? That's just... Whack it all in there. No. Hang on a minute. What? What? My mind's about to be blown. Hang on a second. The name of the act is Lawrence of Felt, Denim and Go-Kart. Mozart. Okay, well, listen to this. This is going to blow your mind. Sex and drugs have always been a bit tricky for rock and roll if you want to get your song on the radio. But there are other reasons why your number might be withdrawn from the airwaves. In 1997, when Princess Diana died in a car accident, the song Summer Smash by Denim was banned by the BBC. Its oh. title was deemed insensitive at a time of national mourning. Oh, so he's the guy from Denim. Remember Denim, don't you? Not really, no. Okay. And the record company went one step further. EMI decided for Radio 1 are going to oh. play it. We're pulling this record, and they incinerated the rest of them. Other discs, when they get banned... The publicity generated by that often makes them bestsellers. Yeah, I think we're unique in that way because we weren't banned because we were being offensive. We were banned because of something monumental happening in history. One- okay, well, I remember Denim. Denim were, um, were almost big. Okay, here's a go kart Mozart when you're depressed. Let's have a little listen to this. <coughs> Here we go, Chris, lots, lots riding on this. Here we go, here it comes. This is it. <laughs> I could play that riff. Playing the bass style. I'm hoping there's going to be a huge, catchy sing-along anthemic chorus. 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 I'm digging the bass line. There's some... Right. Hang on. 
What do you want? Who is this? How did you get this number? Oh, don't you hang up. Don't you hang up on me. Even I don't hang up on me. Bring them back. The number ends in 506. I say, oh, I've got computer technology. I can, tra- I can track you. I can track you down. But right now, all I need to do is keep him on the phone for 12 minutes and we'll get his, we'll triangulate his position. Won't answer it. Um, yeah, that was all right. It's not quite my cup of tea. But it's all right. I'll do a little bit of reading because the story sounds interesting. Look, mm. I like the I like the bass lines on it. Right up the top of the fret, the neck they were. He's, he's miming up the top of his fret. At yeah, least yeah. I think that's what he's miming. That's a bit more. Isn't it? something in this that I quite like. There's something in there I quite dig. Denim were one of the also-rans. Also in Felt. I vaguely remember Felt. Denim were kind of... Weren't they like... I'm not, not saying necessarily... Weren't they around the same time as Shed 7? As My Gay Dad? Do you remember My Gay Dad? Um, vaguely, yeah, but I was never into cool bands. I, I was still like... My gay dad were not cool. Well... They were touted as the next big thing and then it never happened because everyone went, oh, actually, they're rubbish. Mm, well... I was never really into these bands. I would kind of pretend I was, but I was just be at home listening to... Old people, dead dead people, Dead yeah. people, yeah. I mean. I'd be listening to dead people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you. Whoa, hang on a second. Spoiler alert, you're dead. No. Wow, cat's a ghost. Hey, um, we had a tweet through um, with a nice picture of um, these three guys... The fog guy and the, his lady friend and Howie, his man, his man friend. I used to think Howie was beautiful. I used to think she was great. And there's a great scene in the opening titles of that where she comes out in one of those very high-waisted 80s bikinis. Yeah. Paul Squire says, you know, I used to love Lee Majors in The Fall Guy. Thank you, that is all. Well, Paul, you mustn't have heard um, Lee Majors' hit, Lusted a Lady's Eyes. Oh, Because mate. that casts a whole new light on our, um, our falling out of an aeroplane... Total brand new car, actual landing record. in hay, hero. Actual record by the six million dollar man, the full guy himself. And his whistling teeth. Mr. Lee Majors, lust in a lady's eyes. She may wear subtle perfume, dress in all the classic clothes, to try and hide the fires inside. What? She doesn't want to what is this? Who is this? Hello, this is a free call from 0800 Reverse. You have someone called Gordon wishing to speak to you. This is a free call service from 0800 Reverse. You can receive up to two free a month to what your is, number. What is so this? So to accept your call from Gordon, press any number on your phone now. Oh God, hang on a minute. I don't know how to do the... I want to speak to Gordon. Thank you for accepting. They hung up. Who, is, who are you? Show yourself, coward. You've been placed on hold. You've been placed on cut off. Anyway, 
Um, so it goes like this. I've lost the vibe now. Anyway, it's, it's, it's possibly the rapiest song <laughs> you'll ever hear. Oh, well, here's the thing. Every time a bloody, um, every time a bloody woman comes uh, and starts banging on about the hashtag Me Too, mo- too movement, I'm just going to play them that. I'm going to get my, uh, my stereo system out. I'm just going just gonna to put that down like this. Sorry, uh, uh, RuPaul. Sorry, um, Joan Rivers. Sorry, uh, Nana Cherry. Have a listen to this. Lost in a lady vibe. It's all about how she's saying no, but she means she's saying yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe she's, the, the clothes she's wearing are saying yeah. I believe that um, Harvey Weinstein has hired Lee Majors as a defence lawyer. This is this is getting serious out there. Oh three four. Don't call the other number. That's oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nut job, but not that kind of nut job. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh no! Right, Robert York on the Talk Radio listeners Facebook page. You're a dead man. Um, just sorry, I'm just compiling a shit list. Uh, Mark Perrin on the Talk Radio listeners page. If I were you, I'd, I'd lock your doors. Why? What's going on? What's going on? I'm going to kill them. Why? Because they're being rude about me and saying the show is not very good anymore. Oh. That um, it's past its best and that I should quit. Well, well, I will quit and I'll become a nighttime assassin. And you guys um, sleep sleep well. The thing is, Robert York and Mark Perrin are both known for their excellent um, radio shows that they do themselves. And so mm-hmm. they know what they're talking about. He's they're right, not just actually. people. He's right. He's right. In, that case, in that case, guys, you're welcome to live. Carry on living. Um, hold on to the vibe, Kath. Just hold on to it. Put the set on it if you need to, because I don't want to lose it. Alistair! There's something wrong with that line. That line goes a little bit queer sometimes. Alistair! I want to sing uh, you and Kath a song. Jeez, that's a surprise. That's uh, based on uh, the fact that you've you two have made up. Right. So I'll sing it, and well, then we're if on very know... shaky ground. This could push us either way. All right. If you know the words, join in. Okay. You won't. Change your heart. Look around you. Change your heart. It will astound you. I need your loving, like the sunshine. And everybody's got to learn sometime. Ding, ding, ding. Please leave a message after the beep. Well, thanks, thanks for that, Alistair. That was re- really, really was um, nothing more than 45 seconds of pure filler. Can't find the story. Uh, Sally keeps sending me repeatedly. Now she's trolling me online. Story about a woman who, a French woman who, who got a kidney uh, years ago and can speak English. That's not the story. It was this week, not from years ago, right? Wasn't from years ago, Ian. It was from April this year. Okay, well that's months ago. It was this week, right? Jeez. Okay. Oh three four 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 nine nine. One thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Don't forget the towards the end of the show we'll be playing the interview with the director of Won't You Be My Neighbour, the Mister Rogers movie, which is one of the most beautiful movies I think I've ever seen in my um, life. You know everyone's go-to porno title? Mm. Name a porno. A genuine porno. Uh, Debbie Does Dallas. That's the one. That's the one that everyone goes to yeah. when they think of a porno. Everyone it says sounds it. sounds fun. <coughs> Have you seen it? No. It's rubbish, is it? Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I watched it ages ago. It's actually quite hard. It's quite a sad story. I can't remember why, but it's a load of college students. They need money. 
they're really desperate for money. And I can't remember what it what what the reason is, but they need money. It might be to pay their college tuition because America, of course, well, now here as well. So it happens here more and more. But in America, you've had to pay a bit college tuition for years. So they, these girls need money and they can't think of a way to raise money. Mm. Uh, so Debbie and her friends come up with the idea that they are going to um, become sex workers. They're going to prostitute. And they've got to be 18. Oh. So it's some 18-year-old girls who cannot afford their college bills. So they um, have sex with the football team. They have sex with some of the dads that they're babysitting for. I think they probably have sex with some of the teachers. I didn't, if I'm honest, I didn't sit all the way through it. Um, I kind of fast-forwarded through it. Genuinely, this time, to get the plot points. Um, And it's a weird old, it's a weird old film. And there's also, I'll tell you something that's in it. that, um, And this doesn't get talked about, okay? This never gets talked about. Um, I remember seeing it and thinking, I have no idea what that is. Oh. Um, and was, now I was do. Was it a body part? No, no, no. It was a really, it was a 19, this film's like 1975, 76, 77. You know Mickey Dolenz is in a porno, don't you? Oh my God, no. Yeah. What, actually? No. Oh, just a... It's a very, it's a soft porno. It's also a little bit racist, the film. Um, there's, a, there's a black man with a bone through his nose and spears. Wow. Um, it's a soft porno called uh, Linda Lovelace for President. Right. And he plays comedy bus driver. Linda Lovelace, Deep Throat. Yeah, but this is like a sort of soft comedy porno, and he plays a a, a bus driver, a nearsighted bus driver. Right. Oh, she movie. had quite a tragic life, didn't she, Linda Yeah, it did. Very, very tragic. Mm. Um, so there's this thing, 1975, 76, 77. Well, I've never heard anyone mention this before, I talk about this. I've never seen it since. I've seen it once since. That's how I worked out what it was. Basically, one of the young women... Don't know where this is coming from, guys. This is about to get dark. Right. Um, one of the young women takes off her pants yeah. to have sex. And then she unstraps this other device that she's wearing. I think she steps out of it. It's kind of like harnessed around her and she steps out of it. And I'm thinking, what is that? A chastity belt. No, no, no. It's like a sort of strap-on oh. sanitary Yeah, pad. that's what they used to have before. Is, um... Well, I'm saying, is it? I know it is now because I, because I, I kind of worked it out. I think I saw it in something else. So they would have a... It, so it a was belt, yeah. A belt. A sanitary belt. And you used to, with hooks either end, like a hammock. Yeah. Because my mum used to talk about, you know, her... Yeah, that's, so is that, that's what they had to learn with. Those poor, poor women, and not even that long ago. So we're talking 1970s, well, probably. So, well, this, this was in the 70s. So when did that come to an end? When did we get the... The, the ones uh, with the, the adhesive underneath. Well, okay, and obviously, now you can educate me. So the, the Tampax... Yeah. The, the thing that you insert... Yeah, that's different from that's the That's different from the, from the pads. Yeah, and a lot of women don't... I don't. T- tell me what the difference is. Well, a lot of women don't find that, them comfortable... The, the, the one you insert. And also, they can be dangerous. Well, yeah, those toxic shock syndrome, famously. That that has to... So you, you insert... Let's have this conversation, guys. All right, why not? Because I, I'm 45. I've, I've got boys. I don't know this stuff. I've got mm. the basics of it. But So you will insert a, a tampon. Yeah. And that's, like, what, an inch? Uh, No, a bit more than that, maybe. Depends. Because you get different sizes. OK, and then that just absorbs... The the blood. Yeah, and you take it out after a, few, a couple of hours. That's funny. Yeah, that doesn't f- seem right to me. 
No, it's weird. There are all there are all kinds of different methods. There's a new one called the moon cup. Have you heard of that? Oh no! It's like a little rubber, and it's reusable. The whole thing is that tampons. Um, some of them are made with bleach, and there's worries about no. yeah, yeah, the cotton's bleached. No. And also, um, you know, for dispose. But disposal reasons, it's a lot to recycle. And, they, you know, they go into the water supply and stuff. Yeah. So I'm guessing this... they're not particularly biodegradable. Boom. Yeah. And then um, there's this thing called a moon cup, <coughs> like a rubber, like a Dingy. like the end of a plunger. Okay, yeah. Can you imagine I'm, that? I can imagine that. And you put that in. Smaller. You pop, well, yeah. You pop that in. Yeah. And you empty that and sort of rinse it out. Wow. But... And then the pad, the, the the pad, pads, yeah. That so it just sits, that sits there. Outside, that, that's that, like sitting. That's like sitting on, not a nappy, but the same kind of. Pr- and that cap that absorbs all the the, yeah. the blood again. Yeah, isn't it funny? Because I, I feel slightly uncomfortable having this conversation, even though there's absolutely no reason to whatsoever. And yeah. I, I, I should, the, the if I should feel uncomfortable at anything, it's that I've waited until I'm forty five to have this conversation. But the fact that this conversation is never had, I'm guessing girls. At some point, yeah, is that, they used is to that take the, us in separate lessons. Is didn't that they? the lesson when we get yeah. separated? That's what you lot got told. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, the way it was taught to me was they said when you get your period, it was always spoken about in singular. I thought you only got it once. Hey, really? Thankfully, I had a mum who was open. They didn't say, "Oh, you're going to get this every four weeks." Didn't really make it clear when you get your period. When you get your period, when they—that was what they. That would was say. It, that would be in the eighties. That would eighties, uh, early nineties. That would have changed early, by now, early wouldn't 90s. it? That, that, would, now it would be I would a lot hope more. So. This is what, and that the thing is that. Is, that is classed as sex education, yes. isn't it? And that's the kind of thing really, that people... It's, a, it's, it's more hygiene. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing that some people don't want discussed in schools. Yeah, I remember there was one kid in my class whose mum, famously, because, you know, word gets around, yeah. the parents went to see the video. You know, they always showed the, the video to the parents yeah, in yeah. case there were any questions or objections or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And there was one mother who stood up in the middle of it and said, I'm not having my daughter watching this. Wow. This and was what, sorry. This was when when we you... were at, we were at middle school. So I reckon okay. she would have been. We would have been twelve, okay. thirteen, uh, and and yeah, this girl's mum said, "No, I'm not having my daughter watch this sick filth," and that was the girl who I think we're about fifteen, sixteen, asked one of my friends whether it was true you could get pregnant. From a blowy. From a blowy. Because it all went in your tummy, didn't it? And that's where babies are. And you just think, my well, God. You can't make, and for anyone wondering, you can't unless you've got like a little tear in your tummy and then sometimes the, the man juice can go, <laughs> into, can go into the baby part. But, you know. Uh, but here's the thing, right? My mum always told me kind of, she answered my question in a way that was suitable for my age at the time. Yeah. Like my kids the other day, they saw, I had a box of tampons in the... Um, bathroom yeah. and they'd ask me what's that mummy oh don't worry that's just mine and and then i immediately thought oh, i should have told them <coughs> yeah but then i left it and i'd sort of kicked myself about it because i thought well my mum at that point would have said right well here it is and and i didn't so the next time they asked me i told them yeah. but i didn't tell them loads of stuff i just said it's age appropriate yeah it? i said because my kids are 10 my kid one of my kids is 10 and actually i know that one of her friends has started a period already yeah, yeah. so it's best that I tell her, and uh, the seven. And if I tell the ten-year-old, the seven-year-old's going to hear it, right? Because they talk sometimes. So I said, "Well, you know, um, when you're a woman, every month your body gets ready to um, look after a baby, oh. and if you don't have a baby in your womb, then all the stuff that was in there comes out." Let me just take notes. Can I, this is this is this is all. Great. And that's just so I can keep clean. Yeah. And that's all I said. 
I didn't say anything more than that. And they just both looked at me and went, ugh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the question was answered and they kind of know what the vibe is. I told you, didn't I, when the boys were around the other day, my, I don't know if I said this on air, and my eldest said, Daddy, what's the most painful thing you've ever done? And oh, I went, hmm, that's a good question. And he said, was it the willy thing? And I said, uh, the willy thing? What was he said, yeah, when you, when you, made, when you um, did the willy thing with mummy. I said, oh, what, I made a baby? I went, yeah, 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 was that the most painful thing? And then so I'm thinking, in many ways it was. <laughs> oh, no. I said, um, no, I said, oh, no, 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 that's not painful at all. And I and was unsure, how far, but I left it at that. I said, oh, no, no, no. but it's important. Those yeah. moments are important. It is. And I didn't want to say, actually, it's really nice, because I didn't want to get fixated on that. I went, oh, no, 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 it's, 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 that's, not, that's not painful. Um, and, and me and Mummy you know, were very much in love, and that's, that's nothing to worry about. That's not a painful thing. And then I came up with something else that had been really painful. Exactly. Uh, and uh, I, I said it was, it was when I watched you be born, your little but, SH1T. But do you know how my grandma found out about her period? She got it. And because her mum had left, her dad hadn't told her anything because he didn't know. She ran next door to the neighbour thinking that she was dying. Dying, yeah, I bet. And she taught by mum in turn by chucking a load of leaflets on her bed. Why, that was it. You why know? Don't we, I don't know why we're going down. Ollie, stay there. Come to me. I don't know why we're going down this avenue, but we're having this conversation. Why is it that we don't talk about periods? Is it... Um, it, it, is it is it because it's the patriarchal society? What I'm trying to say is, why are we embarrassed by it? Because I'm feeling a little bit hot and flustered, and it's completely irrational. So I'm I'm absorbing that and being aware of that. But but why are so many men? And I'm guessing quite a few women. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend who was so embarrassed about all of that stuff. Gosh, Wouldn't that, just so shame? embarrassed. Yeah. But but I, here's the, here's this. Okay. How have we as a society got to the point where? Something that is is important in creating in sustaining uh, you know the human race and is is a physical thing that we have no control over. How have we got to the point where that's funny, that's embarrassing, that's shameful? Mm. How is that secrecy? Because women for years have been um, the kind of the fairer sex. Yeah. Women don't um, perspire; they glow. And um, women didn't have babies in front of their husbands until quite recently yeah. because oh, that was women's business, Blokes and it was kind of it was the shared secret because you wanted to stay as perfect as possible. You know, there were women; there are still women who get up before their husbands put their makeup on. Well, Phil Spector used to get up before uh, Ronnie Spector put, and put his, his wig on. on. So you know, you're not but you know what there. I mean. It's kind of that. It, it, it's a throwback <laughs> to that, and that takes a long time to untangle i think i'm 45 and i've worked out a lot of this stuff on my own mm-hmm. um and some of it i got right most of it i got right some of it i'm, I'm still not quite sure on um and and i'm thinking 45 geez man i'm so lucky i didn't have girls because i wouldn't really know i'd go and google it of course i wouldn't i'd, I'd would uh, you know i'd find the answers um but it, the, i remember those classes when we were separated and i think we were a bit older maybe 13 14 and um, we used to just watch Monty Python videos. Remember, we were taking Life oh, of Brian and watch that. Oh, I would that Oh, we had a great laugh. But Ours were just of... kind of really awkward, and we'd come out all going, oh, looking at each other and thinking, we don't want the boys to find out about that because they'll take the mickey out of it. But here's the thing, right? 13, 14 is too old, I think. And, of course, if we'd have had... It's got to be around 12, if we'd have had a class, If we'd have been 14 and the teachers said to the boys, right, so we're going to talk about periods, of course we'd have been laughing and pissing ourselves and it'd been funny... Because it would, but you would have taken it in. It would have taken it in, but also maybe a bit, early, maybe a bit earlier is 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 the thing when it's. I mean, we'd still be sniggering. We had, um, we'd say we watched Life of Brian and Meaning of Life. God, oh God, were they trying to teach you about the birds and the beasts no, and no, the meaning no, of life? Because no. that's really going to put you off. No, we were allowed to bring in videos. 
we were going through a big Monty Python phase. But with our sex education, as far as I remember, and this was when AIDS was like, wow, you know, AIDS was the number one disease, was one of those... Pick, it was one of those drawings of the penis on the slack with all like the arteries yeah, and the like tubes. A cross and section. And you're thinking. I've never seen one of those. What is that? Show me a boner. <laughs> show me a boner and show me how to put a. They didn't teach me how to put a Johnny on. Mm-hmm. There was none of that. Um, show, show, me what, show me what happens. What am I supposed to do? I can't remember how. I think we did get shown how to do that. We didn't. We didn't do the that. banana thing though. That was famous, wasn't it? The, yeah, yeah. We didn't do that. Did you do the melon thing? No. Okay. Ollie, stay there. Uh, we will be asking you. Uh, I hope you are taking notes, Ollie, because you're going to be answering the period quiz in just a few moments. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. It's electric. It's eclectic. It's always rule free. It's the late night alternative with that man, Ian Lee, <laughs> on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Candy's raised something there. I just saw that. Go on, read that out, man. That's incredible. Hello, this Candy. This reminds me of um, when I had my kids. Um, Candy says, after I had my son, my in-laws took him to church to be blessed. I couldn't go with them because I was bleeding and, in their words, a little bit filthy. <laughs> right? That's when, in the Bible, isn't it? Well, when I um, had my first <coughs> baby, my grandma asked me whether I'd been churched yet. What does that mean? I think it's that. I think it's once you're not allowed to go in until you've stopped. That's, but that's, that's, um, but that's, that's, all... that's biblical. That's in the Bible. That's God's word. That is God's word. So that's actually, you can't argue with that. That is, sorry, Candy, but God is right there. Your in-laws are right I don't there. Understand. Oh, yeah. Well, it was supposed to be the curse, isn't it? That's yeah. what they call it. It's God's, God's word. Have that every month just to remind you. Okay, Ollie. So, I hope you were paying attention. <laughs> yep. Jokes. What you got for us, Olds? Oh, uh, well, you talk, like, uh, I, I did take some notes. But, uh, Why I do you sound surprised it. that I've come to you? You phoned in, you were waiting, I said you were going to be the next person on, and you sound surprised. This guy's going to get a, 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 a bloody nose. Talking about blood, isn't it? Bloody nose. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, you know, you were talking about sexual health videos yeah. at school. Yeah. Uh, I remember when they were doing testicular cancer videos. Okay. Uh, it looked so painful when he was squeezing to find the lumps that my friend fainted. Oh, blimey. And it, I, I'm scared to touch my genitals after that because it did, it looked gross. Um, do you want me to touch painful. them for you? Do you, you, you touch yeah. your, you touch your, you check your balls, don't you? I'd sometimes, but not like that. Come on, come on, man. Seriously painful. Well, you don't, you don't do it so You have hurts. to squeeze them, do you? I'm going to check my balls now. Oh, please he don't. Really no, 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 don't. Come on. I'm checking my balls. To make sure I don't have cancer. <laughs> yeah, we should be encouraging that. We should be encouraging this. Yeah. I'd rather he did it by himself. I don't really, oh, you know, you know. I'm doing it, but hang on. Like, I'm just, you guys basically you have a little feel around the ball. Yeah. See, there's a little little lump. Right, okay, you're getting into that. Can well, you stop? No, I'll tell you there was a little something there. I'm just seeing if I can find it again. Oh, no. I thought, well, no, I don't think I've got... Wouldn't it be? Although, no. we will win a prize if you... Oh, mate, if I find a... Right, whether I find one or not, I'm getting a bollock chopped off. Because that... <laughs> that is a gold award. Let me just... I don't know one there. Have you got any wet wipes? I think I might have in my handbag. Because I'm a little bit sweaty. Oh, God! <laughs> no, nothing. I... My balls are cancer-free. Seriously, my hands... Nice, nice. My hands are a bit ripe. This this might be too much information as well. Go on, Ollie. It might be me only, but yeah. have you ever, on porn sites, Sorry? you were talking about cross-sections of penises. Yeah. There's, on, there's, on, advert, on adverts and porn sites, they do that oh. for, like, for, like... Um, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Getting bigger penis... T- 
tablets, they show cross-section of penises. Um, um, first of all, I don't look at pornography. Secondly, I don't I don't need penis tablets. Thirdly, uh, yeah, no, I do. Uh, they do. Uh, it's always a weird picture, isn't it? The cross-section it's of gross. penis. Just show me a willy. Come on. And they put that on porn sites. It's like if you if you need if you're struggling <laughs> to get it up and you're looking at a porn site, then you might as well give up, man. Give up. <laughs> Uh, this is quite sexual, my talk, because... Uh, because you're, also, a, you're a horny man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no one talk... The reason we're listening, right, we're, we're doing this. No one talk... I don't know how this conversation came about, that, and that's the nature of the show, is we do a free-flowing conversation and things come up and we go off on tangents. But no one really talks about... Certainly not the period stuff. I've never heard anyone talk about that. And, and of course, it's, it's more important that women talk about it. But you know what? Actually, it's, it's kind of important for men to know about it so that they know what they're if they're heterosexual what their partners are going through if they if they're a dad to daughter mm-hmm. so they know what the girls are going through so so they know what 50 percent of the population is going through you don't need to know the full details but um you know as long as you, you should have a basic understanding of how our flipping bodies work well like they're talking about women um having days off around their periods in some businesses aren't they um for periods yeah oh are they? they can get so bad that they they can yeah. get so sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that kind of makes sense, you know. I, yeah. I, I, listen, if I have if I have a stomachache or I'm in a bad mood, I struggle to work, right? And that happens every well, it happened yesterday. Um, so yeah, some women, you know, sail through it, and some women uh, struggle with it quite badly. Yeah. And we should take that into consideration. Definitely. But it doesn't mean that they still can't work hard and achieve things and um, uh, be better than any man. Doesn't no. mean that. I'm not patronising you, sisters. I love you. I love you, sisters. I want you to. I want you to take over the world. I want a matriarchy, Ollie, because I think men have screwed it up too much. I want women to take over the world and show us exactly how it should be done. Definitely. All right. But what about men? I was going to talk about sex toys because you guys like sex toys now. Wow. Okay. This is getting very, very mature. We'll do. We'll do something silly and frothy after this. But go on. Yeah. Have you heard of the ovipositor? The positor. No, I don't know the positor. Ovipositor. Posipositor. No, what's that? Ovipositor. Po- so you're the one that's speaking positor. badly. He's not, my, he's not me. Is that it? It's, it's an alien uh, penis dildo that you can uh, put gelatin eggs inside of you and then you can give birth to the alien eggs. What's it called? A povipositor? O-V-I-P-O-S-I-T-O-R. O-V-I. O-V-E. O-V-I. Yeah. O-V-I. Right, hang on a minute. P-O-S-I-T-O-R. Hang on a minute. Uh, okay, let's have a little look. Okay, let's go to Love Honey. Um, it's not there. Um, I think you're making this up, mate. No. Yeah. Can can I can I plug a YouTube channel that I like? Oh, here we go. Here um, we go. Here it is. Hang on. The emerging sweet lord. <laughs> uh, he's he's enjoying that, isn't he? Right. <laughs> the emerging. Where's Catherine when you need her? <laughs> <coughs> Kath, I got something for you. <laughs> I've seen your Christmas present. <laughs> I think you're gonna like this. This is for you. We're going to crowdfund this. The listeners are going to pay for this. We found a yes. new sex toy. The yes, ovipositor. The, well, the emerging fetish of laying alien eggs inside yeah. yourself. All right, here we go. Listen to this. 
The uh, ovipositor lays gelatin eggs in the body cavity of your choice. Fans say the sensation of mushy extraterrestrial ovum, slop, ovum slopping out of them is a real treat. Right. Male or female? Sweet Lord. Recently, while on the internet, while looking at weird sex things, I came upon the gushing testimony of a young woman who just discovered Primal Hardware's patented ovipositor, one of the most unusual and confronting sex toys I've ever heard of. The ovipositor is basically a big dildo that lays goopy eggs moulded from gelatin in the body cavity of your choice. The owner of Primal Hardware is a man who insisted I refer to him only as Lone Wolf. A Native American of indeterminate age, he apparently worked as a builder, fast food dude, fashion model, church organist, butcher, and pursued veterinary medicine at the University of New Hampshire before deciding, I want to make enormous egg-laying alien dicks. (laughs) That is... have, Have you got one of these, then? That is like there's a lady that I follow on YouTube, and she does all the weird sex toys and like experiences it herself, and has like a very uh, personal, um, de- like deep thoughts about these things. Okay, well, actually, I've got some audio of this. Hang on a second, let's just have a listen to. I found it. Let's have a listen to her. This is this is exactly what it sounds like. Here we go. <laughs> There we go, that's it. Well, Ollie, you're a dirty, (laughs) dirty boy, and you should be very ashamed and um, smack yourself on the bottom, which you'll probably love. Um, All right, let's let's, let's, let's go above the waist now. We're aware that next hour we're going to play an interview about Mr Rogers, and I don't think he'd be impressed with an over Mr Rogers. Steady. Am I right? No, you're very wrong. 0344-499-1000. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Set free your mind. Let your fancy take flight. Conversation gets curiouser by the glow of moonlight. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344-499-1000. Let's, let's head above the waist. Now, we've got very blue... Uh, we started off talking about human bodies, and yes. then, it got blue. then we talked about laying alien eggs up your bum hole, which is not, uh, you know, not kind of... You know, I don't know how Ollie went from... Um, menstruation to that. I think it shows what a sick individual he is, and we have sent his telephone number. His details have been sent on to the authorities, the sexual uh, sexual authorities. Jerry's back. Good evening, Jerry. Hello. Hello, Jerry's unfrozen. Unfrozen, 90% anyway. 90% unfrozen. What you got for us, Jerry? Yes, I'm being... I can tell you I'm being evicted. You're being booted out, aren't you, man? What's happening? Well, I don't know. I just got called down and reaching. Three of them sat there, gave me a letter, told me mother had died at first, because she said, I've got some bad news for you. I told mother had died, pretty upset, and it just said, I've got 28 days to get out. So why, um, so this is for the kids, those who don't know, Joey's, we mentioned before, Joey's got Parkinson's and he's in a care home, he's, he's the same age as me. So, but, so why are they booting you out? They can't, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Accommodate my care needs. Okay, alright, well... Oh, okay. Well, but the pussy, my solicitor's asking for stuff, and then the stuff's still in motion. They've preempted everything, they me out. Well, they sound like, I mean, okay. First of all, they sound like a bunch of a holes. Um, but that's kind of my knee jerk reaction. No, it, no, it, I've been, no, they told me a week ago, no, I've been. No, but hang on, hang on a second. Because it, cause your care is, your care needs are very specific, mm. and they are quite, um, yeah, complex. So, is the, giving them the benefit of the doubt, is it possible that 
they're right that they can't meet your care needs. No, they can't. They operate properly. It's just my opinion. Right. But, but OK, and we'll, we'll do your opinion in a second. I want your opinion in a second. But is it possible that actually they're being realistic and they can't meet your care needs? Not before the investigation is carried out. Because you could get more finance and get more people. Well, OK, but there's, there's, there's money and there's financing. But also certain care homes have certain limits... On the amount, and I'm not on their side. I'm just, I'm just asking this because I need to ask this to, to be fair to them. Care homes and, uh, have limits on the amount of. Um, uh, I can't think of the right way, so it's going to sound ham-fisted. Care homes have limits on the amount of of intense care they can offer a person uh, in, in terms of equipment, in terms of skills and training, um, and in terms of time. And if they are unable to meet your care. That kind of puts your life at risk, doesn't it? Many times, put my life at risk. Yeah, but but if they are if they are unable to bring up their care to what you require, are you not better off out of there? I think I am. Right. Okay. So what happens next? So when so the council have a care of duty to you, don't they? So they have to rehome you. And the social workers and social workers try and get me somewhere. Okay, but they, but they'll have to, won't they? Because they can't, as far as I understand these situations, they can't, when that 20 days is up, just wheel you out the front and say, bye! Interesting. Well, they can't. They can't do it. No. Apparently it says it's not... It's flexible, but it's got to go. Yeah, they, they... Here's the thing, right, and this is... And it must be horribly upsetting and, and distressing and stuff, but let's be honest, it's been rubbish while you've been there. So one can only hope you end up somewhere better. So you can't end up somewhere else. But... They, they cannot, when that 28 days is up, is, is pack your suitcase and wheel you out the front door and leave you to your own devices. The council have a duty of care to find somewhere for you. They have to. You can't afford somewhere, can you? No. No. So they have, they have to. It's bad news. It's, it's terrible news. It's lousy news. Uh, it's lousy news at the moment. But if you get somewhere that is better then it could potentially be, at some point in the future, great news. What are you eating? Huh? Are you eating? Yes, I Shut your... You can barely speak, man! And yet you're... you're stu- so we struggle to understand you anyway, and now you're stuffing your face. I'm giving you 28 days eviction from this show! No, please. Um, what are you eating? Nice bit, nice bit of cake. Milkshake. Milkshake. Dirty boy. This is why they're getting rid of you. They've got, they've got no milk left. For the other people, we've got a cup of tea. I haven't got, we can't, we've got no milk. What? Yeah, Jerry had it all. Ah, oh, man, boot him out. I'll tell you what, in that meeting, they gave me a milkshake. OK, well, I, I suspect that, as I'm finding with my divorce, that, um, uh, you know, things are crap, things are crap, things are crap, but ultimately they're going to be better. And I... you just got to get through the crap. And I, sus- I hope... And I could be wrong, but I suspect that that is what the situation is going to be here, is that you've been living in a, in a situation in, that is not ideal. You've now got a month, two months, maybe three months of it actually being pretty horrible because they don't want you there and you don't know where you're going. So there's the uncertainty. But you could end up somewhere better. And that would be amazing if that were the case. Can't go anywhere worse. Well, there you go then. There you go. Right, I'm cutting you off free while you're talking to me, because that's just bad manners. Thank you very much indeed. Let's go to Carol. Good evening, Carol. Hello. Hello, Carol. Me again. It's you again, yes. Um, 
I've, I've let you off for a couple of weeks. I don't know if you noticed. No. No, I thought not. Um, I was just going to talk about the best sounds. Oh, we go. At oh. last, at last. This is a great classic, traditional style phone in, and now we've got some some meat uh, on the uh, on the bone. The best sound for me is when you empty the trash bin on a Mac. Uh, but Carol thinks she can trump that. The best sound in the world is young children laughing when they're playing. Yeah, I love that. And they find something really funny, <coughs> and you have no idea what it is. Well, but they're just falling about laughing, and that is the best. I sound love that. In the sometimes, world. sometimes, sometimes. If I um, and this people, here's the thing. Right, I'm going to say something, and some people go, "You dirty, you dirty bugger." Oh, you sick pervert, right? But this is where we are in today in society. Sometimes, if I'm driving past a school and it is lunchtime, I slow down because I want to hear it. Because there is nothing... She's right. The sound of 100, 200, 500 kids up to about the age of 10 and 11 playing yeah. and screaming and shouting and laughing, that sound is like is like the, the, the juice of life, man. That makes me feel alive. My neighbours love it when we've got the kids out in the... Yeah. Pa- and again, it sounds pervy and it shouldn't. Because they, they haven't got kids. They're an older couple. They haven't got... Never had children. And they say they like it when they're sitting in their back garden. They can hear my kids playing in their paddling pool. Yeah. Until a fight breaks out, which always happens, but they they find it yeah. fun. The you sound know? the sound of, of of a load of kids playing, it's great, man. It's a great sound. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, I was talking. Speak to Morgan Neville, the director of Mr. Rogers' movie, about this. Right. This this is where we're at now. There's a great scene in this Mr. Rogers film where he he's he's at some kind of doing the sixties, and this six year old girl comes up to him and he kneels down in front of her. He says, "Mr. Rogers, can I ask you a question?" Of course, he speaks very slowly. Mm-hmm. Of course you can. Can I give you a hug? Oh, I would love that. And he puts his arm around her and she puts her arms around him and they have a big hug. Now, of course, you can't do that now, right? And I kind of think that's outrageous. I, I, and I've started not hugging children random because, you know, I don't want to get a punch in the nose. But the other day, I was stuck in some traffic and I turned out and I looked out to the right and there's an eight-year-old girl with her head stuck out the window just looking out. So I stuck my tongue out at her. She looked at me and she started laughing. So I stuck my tongue out again and I waved at her. And she waved at me and I waved and I drove off. Yeah. Now that's all right. And i tell you why that's all right. Because I used to do that all the time. When we didn't have to have seatbelts in cars, I'd turn around, you'd lean out, the, look at the back window mm-hmm. and you pull faces. Oh, we used to do the whacker wave. Yeah. You try and get... It was amazing if you got a physical reaction from someone else. And also, I know that my intent is not in any way... In fact, I don't even need to justify my intent. I know you don't even need to use the sex word because this is where we got, man. I, I like playing with kids. I like playing with kids. I'm really good at playing with kids. When I go somewhere and there's kids, boom, they, they, they there's do. a vibe. We're communicating on a different level. Remember that time we took my kids to uh, the play park and there was that... Um, oh, we got surrounded. What's it called? The zip line. The zip line, right? So he starts out wanging my kids down the end of the zip line as fast as he can. And they're, oh, 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 loving it. Do it again, do it again. Shall I do it for you? No, let Ian do it. I'm chopped liver. Yeah. Then everyone else's bloody kids Thought come out. Five the kids. <laughs> come five out kids. The four corners of the park. And like, the mums go... We just spotted a good time. And the mums are going, are you all right? I said, honestly, I love it. I took my, my... It was a nice day after school the other day. I took my youngest to the park. And suddenly there were, like, four other kids around me. And but there, there's, like, this sort of roundabout thing. And I was spinning it. And the mum's going, you're all right doing that. I was going, I love it. I'll sit down when I'm tired. But I'm loving it, you know. Um, 
I kind of I feel really sorry for men in that regard because it's not unusual for a woman to randomly start talking to a baby in a pushchair, but men can't do that. Or you know, kids talk to. What what they perceive to be other mummies, don't they, all the time? Well, then there was but a, but there, men can't the, do that. Then there was a bit where there was this old guy and he was taking pictures of one of the kids and this mum started going, do we know who that is? Do we, uh, that does know? feel weird. Do we know? And I said, and I, well, no, I, it didn't feel weird because he was not taking pictures of the kids. He was taking pictures of one specific kid and I'd seen him with that ah, kid. Ah, right, I get it. I'd seen him with when that kid. When you said kid. he was taking pictures of the kids, that's I, I, the kid. And I said, I, I said, I don't know the setup, but I think that's, from what I've been able to ascertain from watching it, I think that's her granddad. She's with him. Yeah. I think that, but the mum, the mum wouldn't wasn't that because she's going to another mum. Do I need to go and say something? Do we know? Do we know who that is? Oh, what do a we shame. know who that is? And I'm thinking, I've, I've told you, right? It, I, I've got an eye on him. I think it's a granddad. I've certainly yeah. seen them with each other. He's only taking pictures of that kid on top of. A, granddad couldn't enjoy his granddaughter climbing a climbing frame and, and getting the phone out without someone. She was all set to go over there and lay into him. Wow. And here's the thing, right? I know. And I would never, if I found a kid lying on the floor and they'd fallen over and were crying, I would take their hand. I would take their hand because the immediate thing is, is to pick them up, to is, to, is to comfort them, right? We'll deal with, the parents got an issue when they find me holding their hand, we'll deal with that. I know that my intent is true and is pure. Right? I know that. What anyone else thinks of me, that's absolutely, that's their, their thing. But if I see a kid who's crying, and I've seen it, I'll take their hand. First of all, you, you, you'd say, you, you don't touch him. You look, are you okay? You look around, is there anyone there? No one's around. Right, let me take your hand. Let's go and find, let's see if we can find, so we can find a policeman or your mum or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've not got a problem with that. It's still a thing, though, isn't it, where, we were talking about this the other day. It's still kind of, um, not a meme, but it... The oh here's dad babysitting his kids. He's a little bit rubbish. That's still a thing, isn't it? Right. So I don't want to mention the dickhead on Twitter who's always having a go at people just for fun. But there was a thing today, uh, the other day, about oh you know the guy plays James Bond had his baby in a papoose and it was like well real men don't do that. Of course they do. And do you know what? Men get more credit actually when they're seen out. I told you, kids, a a single dad with his kids or a dad out on his own with his kids. Everyone loves that guy. Everyone loves him. My dad used to take my um, kids out um, one, when when my young my youngest was tiny. He would take my eldest out for me to give me a break, and they would go for a coffee and a bun. He would have a coffee and yeah. she would have a cake. Starbucks. And they used to sit yeah in Starbucks or Starbucks as she called it, yeah. and they would have a chat. And the adoring glances they got, usually from women, older women, younger women, because it was a granddad and his granddaughter yeah. just having a chat. Everyone loves that, but we don't trust them around I, I agree, random I, kids. I, I, you know, I do agree about the papoose because I can never work out how to do a papoose up. I could never do it. But the har- I love a harness. The papoose. Oh, that's a, I had we, one of those long scarf things. Oh, it was really it's fast with that by the end. Absolute nonsense. I agree with Piss Morgan on that. The <laughs> Thank you for that, Carol. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got the mad hits, you try to match wits, you try to hold me but a bus through. Can I make-
make a break and take a bake out like a sink and they can shake out like vanilla. It's the finest of the flavors. Gotta see the jokers and you'll know the vertigo is gonna go cause it's so dangerous. You'll have to sign a waiver. Can I help it if I think you're funny when you're mad? Trying hard not to smile though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean, well you soon will. I have a tendency to wear my mind on my sleeve. I have a history of taking off my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. Threw your arms in the air and said you're crazy. Five days since you tackled me. I'm both my knees Been three days since the afternoon You realize it's not my fault But I won't too soon Yesterday you'd forgiven me And now I'll sit back and wait Till you say you're sorry China, the Chinese chicken. You have a drumstick and your brain stops sticking. Watching X Files with no lights on, with all our masons. I hope the smoking man's in this one like Harrison Ford. I'm getting frantic, like sting a pen trick, like stickers guaranteed to satisfy. Like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a samurai. Gonna get a set of better clubs, gonna find the kind with tiny nubs on my arms. I'm always flying off the backswing. Gonna get into my sailor moon, cause that cartoon has got the boom and I made babes that make me think the wrong thing. How can I help it if I think you're funny when you're mad? Trying hard not to smile, though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean, but you soon will. I have a tendency to wear my mind on my sleeve. I have a history of losing my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. Dropped your eyes to the sides and said, I'm sorry. Five days since I laughed at you and said, You just did just what I thought you were gonna do. Three days since the living room. We realized we're both to blame, but what did we do? Yesterday, you just smiled at me. Cause it'll still be two days till we said we're sorry. It'll still be two days till we said we're sorry. I swallowed a fly then. The reason we're playing that 20 years to this day, since that was number one in, on, on the Billboard charts, the Billboard Hot 100 charts in the United States of America, 20 years, 20 years. Remarkable. It's been 20 years. 0344. 499-1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you'd be very welcome. We're asking what is the best noise. Uh, and John of Fufkin on Twitter says, I like... This is a great one. I like the click when the washing machine lets you back in. Oh, That's yeah. a great noise! Yeah. How much of our Especially lives... when you set it going on the wrong thing and then re- realised and you, you've yeah. stopped it before it started going and you just got to wait for it to undo. How much of our lives have we, have we wasted, guys? Crouching in front of that, just just checking the door. No, not yet. No, not yet. You wait for the click. Wait, wait for the wait click. Wait for the click. Here's another one. Yeah. The crackle of a real fire. Oh, well, that's, yeah. a, that's a bit lousy. I like no, it. No, that is a good one. I like it when the logs pop. Um, well, you know I've got a fireplace in, in the farm. Yeah. Um, Be careful. Huh? <laughs> well, the thing is, because it's in the office, the fireplace. It's not in the living room. So I haven't really got any purpose. Fires don't actually keep you that warm. No, but they give you the idea of warm. Yeah. So um, it's probably a bit early, but we're getting close to November. November's November could be nice to have a little fire in there. I do like a nice fire. They're a pain in the ass. It's not been long since we put away our swimwear and sunglasses, says this news story. But it appears the country is already gripped by festive fever. What? One in 12 households has already bought mince pies. No. Too early. 
with f- four million pounds spent on them in September alone. Four million pounds. Who's buying them in September? Perverts. Thing is, though, I like a mince pie. I love a mince pie. Warm mince pie with a bit of cream on it. Why not? I like Christmas pudding. I don't mind Christmas pudding now I'm old. It's an old person's thing. It's not a kid's thing. No, kids don't like it. It's not, not kids for kids. Thing. Not for kids. This is despite the fact there are still 70 days to go until Christmas. I'm dreading Christmas. I'm dreading Christmas. <clears throat> and I've been thinking about this a lot. Partly because of the divorce, being in this house on my own. And it'll be great. We'll work it out with Christmas Day. I've not spoken to anyone about this yet. But I imagine Christmas Day, I'll go and see my sister. Or I might do it on my own. I might do it on my own Christmas Day. I might do it on my own. I might go and see my sister. And then I, I, I imagine that Boxing Day I'll have the kids for a night or two. I imagine. Don't know. We haven't spoken about it, but that's kind of how I see it. Who knows? I might get invited to spend Christmas Day with the kids. I don't know. And I'm not saying that cause, so you feel sorry for me. I'm just saying this is where uh, this is where we're at. And It's um, very early days, isn't very it? Very early days. Very early days. So I'm kind of dreading all of that. Faff. But also, there's this thing I've got with the light. This thing I've got with the light, I think it's the low sun. Gloom. It creates a, it creates a light, and it reminds me of... I, I don't know. It reminds me of being a teenager. It reminds me of something, and it creates a mood. And I went for a doze today, about three, half three. And I was thinking, I, I shouldn't have a doze, because when I wake up, it's going to be that light. And it's going to send, it's going to send me rocking and a reeling. Uh, and so the light I hate, and it was, as I was coming down the stairs about half five when I finally got up, I was thinking, this is going to be a tough few months. I don't think it's it's seasonal affective disorder. I don't think so, the light box. Or maybe it is. Maybe I've just given the exact description of what seasonal affective disorder is. I don't know. Are they expensive, those light boxes? I don't want any more stuff. I know, but it might be... Uh, I don't know. Ah, stuff that helps. If anyone's ever used one of those, it's Phil for us. Oh, whatever. Phil and Pablo, stay there, come to you If anyone's ever used those, um, let us know. But the thing is, the, the, but then that gloom is still there, and that gloom reminds me of of being a teenager, my dad not being there, of splitting up with girlfriend. It just reminds me of everything. It reminds me of walking home from school... Reminds me of doing the free paper out. All of this stuff. And, and, and a, a light box isn't going to eradicate those memories of pain. Not even pain. Of just... Just slightly sad nothingness. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's like what it a, is. Like a boring Sunday. Like a boring Sunday, but with more sadness in it. That's what it is. That's what it is. Um, 0344 The director of the Mr Rogers film coming up soon. I think you're going to enjoy it. Really nice guy, Morgan Neville. I'm talking about a really lovely, lovely film. Uh, hello, Phil. Hello, Ian. How are you doing? I'm all right, Phil. What have um, you got for good us? Good evening to Kath as well. Hiya, Phil. So this is my second call now. I dropped the Huey Lewis bomb last week, you remember? Yeah, oh, mate, that his dad invented cheese. I think we got Absolutely, that Absolutely, right, yeah. His dad invented the, the wax wrapping that goes around cheese, which is insane. That's the one, yeah. I yeah. can't pick up cheese anymore without thinking about the show, but... Uh... It's him to be a square! It was actually his grandfather, but... Okay, ah, right, okay. We were close. Right. <laughs> yeah, ignore, ignore Scrooge McDuck over in the corner there, Phil. <laughs> Those light boxes, yeah, I've, I've used them, but uh, I, I don't think they work, to be honest. I don't know. Well, so do you get, yeah. do you, does the light affect you? What is it that affects you that made you think, I'm going to have a go on one of those light boxes? Um, well, you're coming into it now, it's like the winter season. That's that's what what they were aimed for, the the market. But how does it affect how does it affect you? Uh, whew, 
that's that's a good question, actually. Well, that's um, the best it's just put in a low mood. You can't explain it. It's just it's an that... overwhelming feeling. Do you know, and, and that's it. On for no reason. And that's know? the thing. You you cannot put your finger on it. It's it's like no. trying to grab a jelly. Um, yeah. It 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 it, yeah. it just comes over you. And Absolutely. It's... Yeah. And yeah. what does it? I'm, all right. Let me try and put <coughs> the feeling into words for me. It's a bleakness. It's it's mournful. It's yeah. is a hint of sadness. Yeah. Um. Is that is that making sense to you, Phil? Yeah. I I, I think you've got a good description there. It's like um. How do you explain it? It's like, you know when you feel like alone, you feel isolated, but yet there's a party going on somewhere you don't know about, mm. and you've been left sort of stranded, and you're like, what the hell's going on here? Mm. One of them type of feelings. I but, wonder, um, I think we might, if anyone wants to call in about this, yeah. 0344 499 1000, because this is the first time I've really acknowledged it. Uh, with myself, yeah. uh, I, I got a feeling as, as it carries on over the next month or so, we might talk about this a little bit more. Let's, let's, see, let's yeah. see where we get That'll to. Let's see where we get great to. Great idea, yeah. The reason I was calling, yes, I know, you know, you're talking about um, penises and all this type of thing. Yep. About 15 years ago, it's always stuck in my mind. This it's funny. Yeah. We were playing the game Trivial Pursuits, about six of us, and um, it comes up art and entertainment. So the girl across the the board, she goes to the question, yeah. takes the question out of the box, and she couldn't finish the question. Oh. She was in tears, oh. and we're like, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. So she passed us the card. <laughs> Do you know what it? Do you know what the question was? Go on. What's the biggest dick on film? And we were thought, bloody hell, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Wow. You know, somebody put this in as a joke. Do you know what the answer was? Let's try and work it out. The biggest (laughs) dick on film. Okay, let's try and work it out. Errol Flynn and Roddy McDowell have famously large penises. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of Moby Dick. That's it, you got it. Is it Moby Dick? (laughs) There we go. That's a very, very... Is that really a question on Trivial Pursuit? Do you know what? Junior edition. I've still got the box. And mate, I will take a photo mate, of I it. Mate, I want you to send I'll me a photo of that. I want you to yeah. t- send me, tweet me, email me a photo of that, Phil, because I would I'll love to see that. that. Yeah. Nice one, brother. Yeah. Thank you, man. Because I wouldn't come out, you know, I wouldn't come on here without proof or no. something to put them back well, up. Ma- because... Many, many people would. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> many, many but, people um, would. You know, um, did I ever tell you the, um, the story of how Viagra got invented and all that? We've only ever oh. spoken twice, so it's unlikely. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't come up. Oh. Yeah, they were doing the um... Catherine. Catherine made it funny. Sam's. In... By the way, I've got to say, no, I'm not high fiving that. Hang on a minute. Someone's cu- someone's coming in to the oh. studio, and yes, yes, mate. Sam has been laughing at your very weak one-liners today. It's because he a finds lot. me charming. It's because it's because you're a milf. <laughs> Stop it. You're a milf to him. You're a gilf. Or, or maybe I'm just funny. Yeah. Or maybe you're not. Um, um, go on, Phil. Let's, let's hear the story of Viagra. How it came to be. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the company was called Visor. It's a big pharmaceutical company. Yeah. Behind, like, loads. So what they did, they got the guinea pigs in. And what it was for, this particular pill, yeah. they were trying to treat angina. So they, they signed all the forms and, you know, if anything goes wrong and all that. Yeah. So after four days, when all the feedback forms come in, they said, hang on, this isn't treating the angina, the heart or anything. They were getting boners. This is making that people see actually, everything yeah, in a hue of green, <laughs> and they're getting boners. <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's like um, it's like a fun version of that elephant trial. Remember when all those yeah, people absolutely. nearly exploded? Yeah. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know where we're going with this. So we'll we'll treat it, and, and they put it on the market. 
Yeah. So it was actually an experiment for... It was invented by Pele, wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, he advertised it. That was it. He advertised it. I remember <laughs> that. that. That advert was, if you have uh, sexual dysfunction, you should try this. I don't, obviously. That's <laughs> yes, basically I'm, what he was saying I'm in the Pele. advert. I'm Pele. I'm one of those virile men in the world. But I feel sorry for you guys <laughs> that aren't, can't, aren't as good with your ball control as I am. Um, hey, nice one, Phil. Always good to talk, man. Send me a picture of that question. The biggest dick in movies. Wow. How funny. How funny indeed. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. Much. Say that, Pablo. Come to a minute. Oh, three, if you want to call in you got, tonight, you've got another 15 minutes because we're going to play the interview with Morgan Neville in a minute. It's, it's good. He's a really nice guy. Um, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Then Paul Ross will be on at one o'clock, as per usual. It's a treat hey, for fact fans. You know we're off to see Roger Daltrey tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, you got that. Was, yes, yes, yes. So meet you at work about six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Will you, will you hesitate then? I can make it work. Well, the thing the thing starts at six thirty. So yeah, make it work. I will be here at six. At five minutes past six, I will be walking to the thing. Okay. Yeah. So make it work. It's good. It's gonna be fine. Okay, fine. You squeezing one out? No. Right, I am. Much like hot you cross squeeze, buns, you just let it go. Mince, uh, it's, it's just, no. mince pies are now stocked by the major supermarkets well before and after the festivals to which they are traditionally linked. Of course, mince pie to a, a Kiwi or an Australian is a is a, a beef pie. Well, in the olden days, mince was beet meat. Beet was it? Meat. And you said beet. Meat. My uh, early on in my my sister is married to a Kiwi gentleman from New Zealand. Is what that means. And um, he was—he phoned up. So I'm coming. It's near Christmas. I'm coming home late. It's been a long day, man. I'm so tired. I'm coming home late. She says, "Oh, I'll put a mince pie in the oven for you." Oh, beautiful! So he comes in and thinking he's going to get like a big old meaty pie, meaty pie, like a dinner. Gets this tiny little cake. Oh. <laughs> he was furious. Well, it's such rough coming over here in the first place. Well, my mum and dad are both from this country, over. but they, one of them is just a Wally. And when they first got married. My mum was only about 20, 21. <laughs> and uh, she, my dad rang up, what's for tea? She said, oh, cheesecake, cheesecake and chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'd never had a cheesecake I'll before. i tell you what you don't get now, and I used to love these as a kid. There used to be a different type of cheesecake. Mm. Do you remember the cheesecake that was like in a little tin foil, and it was white, and it had like white string on the top? No. Oh, man. It wasn't che- It wasn't what we consider a cheesecake at all, but it was called... We used to call it a cheesecake. we go to the local... It was my, it was my cake. My mum would have... Um, oh. Was it a Florentine? My mum would have a Florentine. Boring. And I'd have a cheesecake. Not lemon cheese, like lemon curd. No, no, no. There was no cheese in it. I've got no idea what... Does anyone... Oh, seriously, 0344 Anyone know what I'm talking about? So it's like a, a little fairy cake. And it was, it was a cake, but it wasn't a fairy cake. It was in one of those little silver pots. Mm-hmm. And it was white. And it had like this sort of white, hard, stringy stuff on the top. There may have been jam somewhere in it, but I don't know if that's totally true. We used to call it a cheesecake. Pa- Pablo or not? Pablo, do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't the foggiest, mate. Well, Sorry. you're an idiot. You're an idiot and I hate you. What you got for us, man? Um, two on topic, one recommendation and a plea if possible. Well, and an itinerary as well. Just get in there, man. Come on. Right. On topic-wise, uh, best noise... 
Um, it's been a while since I've had it since uh, I'm as bold as the proverbial coot. Yes, uh, but it, um, when you've got wet hair and you're at the hairdressers and they cut the hair right next to your ear. Oh, oh that's, that's a bit ASMR, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, apparently. Yeah, well, you, I can make a kill if I still had hair. Yeah, that's a, that's a little bit... Yeah, that's one of those... Um... Well, listen, guys, by the way, Radio 4 and James O'Brien, S my D, both of you, right? We were doing ASMR on this show 18 months ago. Yeah, in fact, we were actually doing ASMR. Last week, James oh, O'Brien... We we're doing it now. Last week, James O'Brien did a thing on ASMR. And then a few days later... Radio Falls, you and yours did a thing on ASMR. Well, we did it first, suckers. So get stuffed. We beat you. You may have the audience. You may have the awards. I'm shouting because I'm I'm letting rip. Uh, I can finish. I can calm down again. Um, and we we beat you to it. Yeah, is what I'm saying. I can't find what that cheesecake was. So deal with it. I don't think it was called a cheesecake. No, I don't. But I, do you know what? I don't think it was called a cheesecake. But that's what we used to call it. Um, I'm gonna. T- you talk to Pablo. I'm gonna tweet. Pabs, what was the next thing on your list? Let's have it. Well, the second topic I was thinking about. Uh, well, no, the second one. Were you doing something about people who've died on on film? Yeah. When making films. Well, um, I, I missed the early start of the show because I didn't finish work until quite late. Oh. What do you call but, them? Um, for the, hang on a minute. Those little metal pots that you forget to put cake. in? A tin. No, no, the little metal things. The cake holder. Foil. Foil. What would you call that? Well, you'd call it a mince pie tin, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, you wouldn't call it... First of all, it's not a it's tin. It's a tin. It is. It's made out of tin. No, but it's not called a tin. Tin foil. No. Pie trousers. Should be, should be no, your... You're not helping, Pabs. God. Um, uh, all right, little cakes in tin foil. In tin foil. Are you carry foil... on, Pablo? Oh, yeah, uh, John Jordan. Have you heard about this uh, fella? Um, he's like a second unit director on a couple of James Bond films. All right. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang um, and Catch-22. Right. Um, whilst making, I think it was on Her Majesty's Secret Service, he'd invented this horn, because second unit, it's all just doing all the kind of incidental shots, like scenery and that. Mm-hmm. And he'd invented this harness where you could uh, sit and, like, use a camera in a helicopter without it being too dangerous. Oh, God. Um, but while filming Cash 22, he decided not to wear a harness and fell, like, thousands of feet to his death. Well, um, and you thought you'd have learned because he'd done a James Bond film a few years before that, where a helicopter had chopped off one of his legs. Flipping heck! Yeah. So he'd had a warning. Uh, he'd, he'd had a couple of warnings, <laughs> and not only that, he did actually invented something which would have prevented his own death, but decided not to use it. Uh, Pablo, be quiet, dead. be quiet, please, because I'm I'm not even listening to what He's you're saying. He's looking at pictures of cake. It's a London cheesecake. Oh, That's what it's called, a London, London cheesecake. cheesecake. This isn't quite me. it. Oh, but blimey. No wonder me and Kath haven't heard of it, if it's one of them... That's that face! London... You northern, northern monkey! But we never called it a London cheesecake. Che- so it was, it was kind of pastry. You just pastry. call it a cheesecake, because like you are there? London. I think there's a bit of jam in there, and there's like pastry. stuff on the top. A London cheesecake. It's called a London cheesecake. Blimey. London cheesecake. London cheese... I mean, I'm just ignoring you, mate. Because when you say something worthy of acknowledgement, I will acknowledge it. Until then, Pabs. I'll give you a London cheesecake. Something good. No, does that not work? Not anything worthy. Oh, um, recommendation-wise, you were talking about newer musical people. Yeah, that's right. Oh, we lost you. Oh. So it's called a London cheesecake. Thank you, um, Sally. Thank you, um, Sally. It looks a bit rubbish. It looks dry. Yeah, uh, it was dry. I used to love it as a as a kid. It's got jam in it. Coconut <laughs> on top. Okay. I just, I just reply. Aha. Aha. 
I've got a recipe here. You could do that. Aha. I don't want to make one. It was a London cheesecake. Beautiful. There we go. There we go. Um, Fine. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks to all my fans there for uh, helping me out there. (laughs) My computer's going slow, slow, slow. Um, consumer spending often slows in early autumn after the excesses of summer barbecues and before the festive season kicks off. Um, Christmas will be here before we know it, and some families seem to be getting in the spirit already. I think it's nice food, and here's the thing, I bet. You go in Sainsbury's now, and you see pack of mince pies, you go... Oh, go on then, put them in, we'll have them later. We'll have, we'll have them when we get home. Beautiful. Don't tell me, right, don't tell me, if I offered you... A hot cross bun now, you wouldn't you wouldn't have it. Oh, I'd have that, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So what's the difference? And that's about a man that's for a man who died. Mm. The the mince pie is for a man who was born. Same guy. Same man. Same guy. So you'd celebrate you you'd you'd orally celebrate a man's death, but yet you wouldn't orally celebrate a baby's birth. That to me just shows what kind of screwy society we're in. Let's have a let's listen to a trail for one of my excellent colleagues and have a think about how low we've sunk. The late night lip service for lovers, loners, and lounge lizards. Yeah, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Oh, I've forgotten your name already. Excuse me. On talk radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call. So many ways. To get food these days, where I live, um, there's not actually... A lot of the delivery services don't work. Deliveroo doesn't... We're sorry. Deliveroo and Uber Eats are not in your region yet. Keep coming back. We'll let you know. No, I'm not, I've tried you once. You weren't there when I wanted you. Luckily, Pizza Express is. Pizza Domino's is. Luckily, there's a great Indian just down the road from me that deliver. And when they deliver, they gave me free beer and a rose. Ah. Oh. Neither of which are useful to me. Don't like roses. I think they're overrated. As a flower. And I don't drink beer. Uh, but the food was delicious. So thanks for that, guys. Um, Uber Eats. Is, Uber Eats is kind of the, is like the low, end, low rent one, isn't it? It's where you get your Mackey D's delivered from. Uber Eats. Mackey D's delivered. Um, another one I've always thought, I've always u- treated with suspicion. Because I remember seeing the thing about them on Watchdog years ago. It's Just Eat. Mm-hmm. And some of the um, places... This was on Watchdog years ago, right? We've used Just Eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's kind of a last resort for me. But about five years ago, Watchdog did a, a, a thing. <coughs> if he wants to, Sam, if he wants to, he's very welcome. Of course he is. Of course he is. Not gonna, Paul Ross is, is not just demanding that he comes in and does a handover. I don't really want him to do it, but I... You know, it's, it's gonna go. Hey, yeah, Paul, yeah, come hey, in, Paul. buddy! <laughs> of course you can come in. I was just saying, we're talking about Just Eat. And years ago, they did a thing on Watchdog that some of these... the. the things you could order the food from weren't actually from restaurants. It was like people doing it in their kitchen. What? What? So, That's ju- better, though, surely, isn't it? Ju- no. Depends not when you kitchen. see this. This is the news. This came out a few hours ago. Just Eat listings include takeaways given zero ratings for hygiene. Many takeaway shops, my place, have they? Many takeaway <laughs> shops in England with a zero rating for hygiene are among those listed on the Just, food, Just Eat food ordering app. A BBC investigation has found. Half of the outlets rated as zero... Uh, in Manchester, Brighton and London appear on the app. Um, a BBC investigation found 20 out of the 31 takeaways rated zero in Birmingham are on <sighs> Just Eat. Nine of the 13 rated zero in Liverpool are listed there. Uh, in Manchester, Bristol and London, half of the takeaways with a rating of zero are on the platform. Uh, zero 
means in need of urgent improvement. Um, now, here's the thing, right? Here's I must say, Kath's face is a picture. Yeah. It's puckered up like she's been <laughs> sucking a lemon. Well, I'm also thinking that there are plenty of people <laughs> who will eat wherever if they like the taste of it and they don't particularly care how mucky it is. Here we go. Here's a, there's, um, there's a pretty damning assessment handed out after Reeling Council's environmental health team carried out an inspection of a pub in West London. During the visit, they found multiple multiple food safety issues, including mat and, uh, rat and mice droppings yeah. in a storeroom. Uh, the the councillor said there was no sanitizer, so they can't clean effectively. Food was left out at room temperature. Very high risk food like rice. There were no records. What's that got to do with it? The pub has a zero hygiene rating. Um, uh, That's gets... quite admirable, though, isn't it? Zero. <laughs> Don't go for one or two. Go zero. Go flatline. Well, I know because I've I've been online and I've, I'm a member of a Facebook group of my local community now. And I like I... the way you've lowered your voice. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna over the garden secret. fence. And I found, and I found I've got a new barber and she was giving me all of the gossip. There's a curry house in this little sort of high street near where I live, um, and they're displaying a four food hygiene rating. They've only got one. They've only got one. Did they and, draw the extra bit on? And then there was another... Cu- You've got to blow that Watergate scam wide open. <laughs> then there's another curry house. I read this on the Facebook page. There's another curry house that got um, raided by immigration. And so loads of people were saying, did anybody else have a Pakistani man hiding in their back garden on Sunday night? Yeah, I did. He knocked on my back door and asked to come in. I wasn't going to let him in. So they got busted by the immigration. It's all happening. <laughs> it's all happening. <laughs> Could you do me a favour? Yes. Because I am a big fan of local papers. Would you buy your local paper oh, and bring yeah. me in a copy or two? Yeah, I will do. I'd do you love... get a free sheet delivered or is it a proper local paper you no. pay for? i tell you what I get, and it's my favourite. I think we get it, I think maybe it's once oh, every two weeks. Oh, you showed me this thing. The, um, the, the Parish. Or oh, the Parish Magazine Leaf. Oh. It's a leaflet. Oh, mate, oh. it's great. And from it, I've already ordered a book from a local resident who's written a book about the area. So I've been emailing him and I've, I, the book has arrived. Um, I found out that the Women's Institute had a talk from... Uh, was he a cheese expert? Yes. He's a cheese expert, and he used to be responsible for Marks and Spencer's new food items in the 1970s. He's got a tale to tell. Matt, well, the tale is that um, people would, when Marks and Spencer started selling avocados in about 1975, people would come back complaining that they tasted horrible with custard. People were doing avocado and custard. So plenty of tales. That's there. a whole new food franchise. Uh, there, mate, I will. It? I will bring. And then you're right. Please I'm a, do. I'm a big fan of local yeah. papers as well. I love it. Whenever if I go away for a week or something in Britain, I'll go and buy the yeah. local paper. My wife always goes, "What are you doing that for?" I want. I want all the dirt. I want the gossip. I want to know what's going on. I, I, I will do that for you next week with great pleasure. God bless you. What is on your show tonight? Paul on the Ross? show tonight, loads of stuff. But we are uh, talking to a man who runs something in Moundsville, West Virginia, called the Archive of the Afterlife. As we count down, <gasps> as we count down. To Halloween. The okay. bookshop of bullshine. Now, this man studied at the Warner Southern University and Amiga Bible Institute. All um, these artefacts are linked to murders or hideous violent deaths or serial killers. Let me show Kath the photograph of the man's face who's on the show. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, pretty much what I expected. <laughs> he joins us live <laughs> after one o'clock from oh, the mate. archive of the afterlife. I cannot wait. That is a great book. <laughs> that's the kind of person we would devour. That's a great booking. Anything else? All that, and we're talking about the Mosasaur, which did turn up at the <laughs> very end of the last Jurassic World film. We've got new details on that and how it's part of the fossil. It may not have been the biggest fish of all time.
Oh. Even bigger than Megalodon. Yeah. And we're also talking about a very moving thing that's happening this weekend. 70th anniversary ceremony for the people who served in Palestine after the Second World War. Oh, yeah. They came back to no greetings, no celebrations. It was regarded as Britain's forgotten war. Wow. There are still people alive on it, including somebody who served there, who mentions it in his new autobiography I've just finished. Bernard Cribbins was there. Oh, now, I've, I've got that book on order. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I bet he was. I yeah, bet he, he booked was. him up. You know, Johnny Seifert stolen him as well. We, I tried to get him, but I think... I, here's the thing, I was... That's the second time we tried to get him. Yeah, what's... What, why doesn't he like me? I don't know. What's I, going I don't on know I don't guy. think it's you, I think it's Kath. Uh, Do you know what? Well, I didn't try this time. Well, I, I think, think Kath would name. remind him of Bobby on the tracks and all that, and the bloomers yeah. in the air, and all, it's bringing back haunted memories. <laughs> you keep your bloomers on tonight. Jenny Thank Agatha. you, Paul. Paul Ross will be in at one o'clock. Um, and uh, it's always worth a listen. He puts actual effort into making yeah, that does. show. Imagine, what, what, what's an attitude to having a work ethic? I can't think of anything like it. Sam, how much longer, do I have any time after when we come back? I've got, how, how long, like, the, you, uh, you're, you, uh, hmm? It's typing on a screen, typing on a screen, 40 seconds. Um, okay, so if I, if I were to go now, we'd have 60 seconds. Let's go now. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Sorry, I was just showing off to Kath and then I don't know what to say. So, went to New York, um, I've been twice this year, I've been very, very lucky. I went uh, earlier this year to go and see the monkeys and it was cancelled, right? The monkeys concerts were cancelled. So suddenly I'm in New York for five days with nothing to do. Uh, so I kind of looked online and I went and saw a great magic show. I saw a Frank Sinatra tribute evening. And I saw they were showing a documentary, an art house cinema, about half ten, eleven o'clock in the morning. I thought, I might as well go and see that. I get to go and see a cinema that's not a huge multiplex. And I'll go and see a documentary about a guy that I've sort of vaguely heard of, but I don't really know anything about. And it, it, it could be a turkey. The film is about a guy called Mr. Rogers, and the uh, movie is called Won't You Be My Neighbour? It's going to get released in the UK, I think maybe November, early November. It is one of the most inspiring, moving films I've ever seen. And earlier this week, I got to speak to Morgan Neville, the director. I'm joined by Morgan Neville. Good afternoon, Morgan. How are you doing? Doing just fine. Slightly jet-lagged, but otherwise fine. When did you get into the UK? Thursday night. So, um, but the LFF... And this is Monday morning now. Monday afternoon. I'm jet lagged. Monday afternoon. Yeah, You've had a busy round. Um, I've had two films in the LFF. And the London Film Festival has actually been, I think, the number one film festival for me in my career. I've wow. had 11 films in this film festival. Oh, hey, <laughs> no. I know people who are at the screening of um, the Mr. Rogers movie, Won't You Be My Neighbour, yesterday. Um, both of them in floods of tears. As I was, I, I saw it. I saw it in New York a couple of months ago. I was over there to see some concerts. The concerts got cancelled. Suddenly, I'm stuck in New York. So I just went right. Let's go and see a film. Won't you be my neighbour? Didn't know anything about it. I thought, oh, I'll go and see that. Man alive! I loved it. I have not been so moved by a film for years and years. Why did you make it? Well, I made it because. Um because it was a voice I wanted to hear in the culture today. I mean, it wasn't, you know, so for people that don't know, it's a film about Fred Rogers, who's um, the most famous American children's television presenter in history. So he's incredibly famous in America. Nobody knows who he is outside of America. No, he's great. He's great. Um, but he, he was kind of an odd character, you know, and, and you, 
um, kind of wonder what he was and you know who what his motives were. But he turns out to be actually one of the most inspirational um, people you could imagine. I mean, he was he was a uh, somebody who was like a champion of of civility and kindness. It sounds it sounds kind of manners. 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 You know, it doesn't sound very sexy if you say, but, you know, it's what I called radical kindness. This idea that we can actually be good to each other. And this day and age, it's like this antidote to the the moment we're in. Let's get this out of the way, because the British, as you know, this will be mentioned, Britain has a a very tricky history with its children's entertainers. Um, And it turns out that some of them were great and some of them were horrible. And so I'm watching this film, knowing very little about him. I was aware of the cardigan image and the spoofs, but very little and i'm waiting for the the punch to the guts and and it turned out he was a sex criminal and it and what was so great is there is none of that he is just a really charming nice guy that wants the best for kids that's it yeah and there's this moment in the film where we start to address some of these rumors about him and it's the thing everybody's wondering about and it turns out to be this moment that says more about us as an audience mm-hmm. where we come to th- expect this of our yeah. of our celebrities and our heroes i guess in a certain way so it, it really have people that work with children yeah. a grown man wanting to work with children that can't be right well actually it can be right it can be that pure Exactly. And so the the real tension in the movie comes between him and the world who doesn't necessarily care. You know, does the world care about kindness anymore? You know, is that just a out of date idea that we should be kind? We're jumping all over the place, but it's, it's, uh, it's keep pinging into my mind. There is that kind of backlash against him a few years ago where he is called out I guess before the phrase snowflake generation which is a terrible phrase but called out for um, making young people feel entitled because he would tell every child that they were special and there was a weird kind of backlash that had a go at him for that yeah and I think part of it was you know was like a a really facile um, critique that actually completely missed the point of what he was doing I mean one of the things he would say is you are special but what I, I think he meant that in kind of a Christian sense that we're we each have inherent worth and um you know we each that we're each each worthy of of love and being loved you know which is a different thing than saying we're entitled to feel a sense of ownership over things it's it's kind of the opposite in a world where a lot of kids don't experience love and are told they're worthless to just let them know it's okay to feel some measure of of self-respect is really what he was saying interesting he has a very strong christian upbringing he's a he's a minister or he trains to be a minister he was a minister minister and um i guess it's a christian message that he's putting across but it's it's kind of the message of any faith that that just love just love and be kind yeah and absolutely i mean he was a presbyterian minister but but he studied all the world's religions. So he actually studied Catholicism. He learned Hebrew and studied Judaism. He studied Buddhism and Islam. And what he did and what he took from all those religions were kind of the common humanist values that most of the world's yeah. religions have, which is pretty much the playbook of how you should treat other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the most kind of fundamentally uh, basic ideas of what it means to be to be uh, he would say a good neighbor, but to be to be somebody who was there for other people and how we lived together in our world and it's something that people don't advocate for and there isn't you wouldn't watch his show uh, certainly not the bits that are represented in the film and think oh this is a show about jesus christ you know it's not it's it's not a christian yeah never never mentioned god once on the show and 
and he didn't want a child to feel um, excluded if they weren't Christian. So it, it wasn't about that. It was about the underlying morality that came out of his faith and out of most faiths. So in that way, it, it, it's un- uh, fundamentally that um, these values, which many people would think of as progressive or liberal, are actually deeply theological in that way. And I think that's kind of the debate that I think is interesting to have about, you know, how what does it mean to be a good Christian, a good citizen? You know, it's mm. these essential values that I think most people would agree are, are worthy, yet nobody seems to practice. Because they're not cool. And they don't, se- as you said, they don't sound sexy. And you don't get votes and you don't get eyeballs doing it, too. Actually, there were two bits in it. Well, the, the, the one bit where the film turned for me and I thought, oh, this guy's a genius, actually a genius, was um, the clip, I guess, from 68, 69, after Bobby, Bobby Kennedy has been shot, and the puppet turns to the human lady and says, what does assassination mean? Oh, man, I sank back in my chair. That's a powerful thing. And he used what was essentially a show for five to... Two to six-year-olds. Two to six-year-olds to to help explain, as well as, you know, fun, nice things, explain big big issues that would be in the news or they would hear their parents talking about. I mean, he dealt with war, civil rights. I mean, all these issues. I mean, on and on AIDS, nuclear holocaust. I mean, all these very heavy issues in this show for young kids. And part of why he did it is I think he felt like the natural human instinct as a parent or as an adult is to tell children not to worry about things or to shield them from bad things. And the fact of the matter is children are way too smart to not know when bad things are happening. Mm. They instinctively know it. And if we don't help them process it or explain it to them, they build phobias and fears. And to him, fear was the great toxic force because fear metastasizes into things Mm. like hatred and bigotry and resentment. You mentioned bigotry. One of the great things that your film does is... um it puts into kind of a social and political context what he was doing within his show. It sounds a bit heavy, and but it, but it does. Um, and there's the great bit, the the, the news footage or whatever it is of um, people of colour not being able to use swimming pools mm-hmm. that white people and we kind of forget that segregation within America, it, it's within living memory, you know, huge segregation and there's that beautiful scene, it's the postman, isn't it? Uh, it's the policeman The policeman, sorry That's it, and Mr Rogers is sat there with his feet in a paddling pool and the person of colour comes along, Mr Clements can I, can I, that looks good, can I put my feet sure, put your feet in my pad, it's beautiful yeah. so simple yeah. and beautiful No, and it's the kind of thing he did in these very subtle ways that mm-hmm. we talk about these big ideas and these heavy issues, he dealt with them in such a slight, gentle way that if you weren't paying close attention, you might not notice it. But when you look at it and think about it, you understand what he's modeling. He's saying it's okay to do this. It's okay to think of people of any race or ability as completely normal. And in a world now with Trump and with Brexit, when when everybody's being kind of torn apart, there is is one side and there is the other side. There's very little in the middle. Um, It... I feel like we need more of this, man. We need more people to go out and go, do you know what? It's all right to get on with people of different color and different faiths and different sexualities. It's all right. And we don't really have anyone doing that. We don't. I mean, the, the thing is, we built this culture and, you know, we, we discussed this other film I made, Best of Enemies, about mm. these debates in the 60s, which led to kind of the news pundit world of today where everybody's arguing against one another. But we built this society that is actually incentivized to tear the other side down. Yeah. You know, that's how we succeed is by pitting one group against another. 
and it's all based on this assumption that the center will hold, you know, that, that, uh, you know, the community, that societies will stick together. And I don't think that's true. You know, I think, I think societies are delicate things that need to be nurtured. And I think he's one of those rare advocates that reminds us that we have much more in common and much more to lose. Um, if we lose the the community we have together, yeah. then then what everybody else is saying. Well, most, a lot of news TV, a lot of news radio, a lot of my peers, it is we will get one extreme view from this side, you know, I hate Muslims, and we'll get another extreme view saying, you know, we should become... And they will pit them against them instead of just... Either, you know, not talking about that or just, just having a chat about it. And, and uh, it's tiring, it's dated, and it, it causes division. Well, and it's, it's that, uh, you know, people are playing off of our human nature. Our human nature is, um, it's a lot easier to motivate people through fear than love. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that should be the opinion that wins. It's not right. That's just what's effective. You know, so I think we need to embrace the other thing as much as we can. What did Mr. Rogers mean to you as a kid? I'm assuming you watched him growing up. I loved him as a child, but he was just a really nice guy on TV that I liked. I had no sense of these other layers that were going on. He was just somebody that was kind of teaching me how to be a person and how to treat other people. But it was all, you know, I, my relationship with him predates my memory. It's back to my earliest years. So it was all kind of foggy and coming back around to it as an adult, I suddenly realized what was there all along. So why did you, 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 you a lot of your film, well, all of your, your documentaries, they are about stories. They're really good stories. 20 Feet from Stardom, The Best of Enemies, The Keith Richards. Uh, the, they're all about really interesting stories. What made you choose this story? What was it you thought, I, there, there's, there's a two hour movie in this? I mean, there were a couple of things. I mean, I think the first thing was me just wanting to spend more time with that voice and how to get that voice into the cultural discussion now. Like, how do we talk about these issues in a way? And he was the he he was the advocate for the kind of thing that I keep coming back to this this idea of how do we build common ground in our culture. Um, but the other thing, when I was really saying, well, is there enough here to make a two hour movie? It was going. To um, to Pittsburgh and through the archives, and the first thing I looked at was that Bobby Kennedy assassination mm. special. And when I saw that special, I didn't know exactly where the film was going to go, but any doubt that it would sustain a movie was gone. Yeah. I mean, I knew any depth or conflict was all inherently there just in that one episode. Mm. And from that, you know, it just got richer and richer. But that was my key in. There's the great, this, I mean, there's so many great scenes in it. And I've been raving about this on my show. For, I, I, I will do, honestly, everyone I know that has seen it, and it's a few people now, have all said it, they've, they've come out wanting to do better. Wanting to, you know, I came out thinking, I want to make my show better and more caring. My sister was in floods of tears yesterday texting me saying, I want to be a better person. That seems to be the overriding effect that it's having. Well, because the, the film is really, in many ways, a mirror, because it's what Fred Rogers did. I, I think so much of what we get um, from media and from politics is people trying to give you easy answers or to wrap it up in a bow. And the fact of the matter is everything's kind of messy. And I think what he did was always ask questions and say, what are you going to do? What's your moral responsibility here? And I think that's what I tried to do with the film is really put it back on the audience and make people ask tough questions. There's a great scene where he is defending... Now, you'll have to explain this slightly because American television is a strange thing for me. Yeah. He's defending the funding mm -hmm. that public broadcasting is getting. What was that all about? So in 1968, they began public television uh, in, a, in America with just uh, not a lot of funding. But uh, the next year, Richard Nixon had won the presidency, and there was a backlash, and they tried to gut PBS, our public broadcasting, at the very 
at its, in its very infancy. And they were on the cusp of doing it when they brought in Fred Rogers to come in and advocate. And there's this scene where he speaks in front of the U.S. Senate, these hard-nosed senators who have no interest in helping. And by the end of the speech, he's melted them. And they literally say from the stand, it looks like you just earned your $20 million. Well, what's great is he's got his like script and his notes. And the guy said, I've had enough of notes. If you're going to read to me, I don't want to, I don't want you to. And so Mr. Rogers is like, okay, well, I'll speak from the heart. And it's, it's this beautiful, impassioned speech about the importance of love and care. And the, the, the thing, I've got two boys who are six and eight, so I get this now, is treating is not talking down to kids, mm-hmm. not patronising kids, talking in their language, mm-hmm. but treating them as um, emotional uh, uh, human beings that can think and can function. And, and he's one of the few voices, certainly one of the first voices, that does that. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's really one of his breakthroughs in, in terms of dealing with children, but even in how he deals with adults, like in that scene, is he speaks with such incredible sincerity. It's like a superpower where ultimately he's going to find a person's emotional bullseye and there's no escaping it. And you're just not used to somebody being that open and vulnerable and emotional and direct and sincere. You just don't experience it much. And so when he does it, you just see the incredible power it has on everybody he talks to. Are you worried? It's opening here soon. Um, we don't know who Mr. Roger is. Mr. Roger is. We're aware of the image. You know, we've seen some of the spoofs of that, that character with the cardigan or, uh, uh, and things. But we don't know who he is. Now, it's a great movie, and I was blown away when I saw it. Are you worried that people are, are, are not going to see it because they don't know who he is. Well, I, I mean, it's it's a very different situation. So let me just say, in America, this summer, it came out, and it's the biggest documentary in five years in America. It took like $25 million or yeah. something, which is incredible. It was a colossal oh, hit wow. in America. Thank you. And so it's interesting coming to England where nobody has any idea, yeah. but I've screened it for enough people here that connect with the film, as you suggest. Uh, that I don't expect the same kind of results, of course, but I just feel like it's a film that works if you're interested in these kinds of basic issues. And it's a very um, moving film. I mean, I think that's kind of the main thing that people have talked about seeing it in the States is that it's, it's a film that moves you not with sadness, but with goodness. And that, in a way, is the most moving thing of all. There's a a trick I've stolen a bit from that film, which you stole from him. That great trick where he gets, he just does silence for 60 seconds to think about someone you've lost or someone who's important. And I'm a big fan of silence on the radio because it's, it's the most powerful tool I've got, the silence. But for someone to do that on a TV show, on a kid's TV show, that's incredibly brave to do. And a a really powerful trick. We've done it a couple of times after seeing the movie. It's a powerful trick, isn't it? It is. And it's because... Silence is almost, uh, you know, forbidden in, in broadcast media. And the idea that, you know, one time he said, do you want to know how long a minute is, kids? And he takes out an egg timer and they sit there for 60 seconds and just wait. And it's that sense of silence. I mean, now we talk about ideas of uh, slow culture or mindfulness or emotional maturity. We have names for these things, but he was doing them 50 years ago. But just the sense of taking space to actually contemplate things and process things is hugely important. It's actually hugely important to human development, but he understood that, and it's something we just don't get enough of. And well done you for putting it in the movie, because there is that wonderful bit where the, the, you, you, most of the contributors sit there silently for 60 seconds, and it ends, and 
it's really powerful. You know, and some of them are in tears and some are thinking of their mums. But it's a great, it's a great moment. Yeah, well, thank you. And because part of what it does, again, I think is it asks the audience to do the same, you know. So it's trying to engage you in the same kind of idea that this isn't about us it's about you you know and that we all have to make our own decisions because we each have our own special person that meant something to us in that way or maybe more than one so yeah to me that was that was kind of one of those fantastic breakthroughs that happened in making the film i get the feeling that um he was disappointed towards the end of his life with the world there's that i mean the incredible moment where he's asked back on tv to talk about 9 11 and it seems for the first time he doesn't actually know what to say because he's so um upset by how you know obviously it was a horrific event but he 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 seems genuinely shocked by how horrible and mean people can be with the end of his the end of his life was was he disappointed do you think I think he was grappling with these issues of, you know, what do you do with things that are so overwhelmingly terrible? And But at the same time, people would say to him, and I, I heard him say this, they'd say, well, you know, oh, this evil thing happened. And he would say, don't say that. Like, I don't believe in good and evil. That's not useful. It's not useful to think of those terms. And even when he finally gathers enough energy to speak in nine, about 9-11, and he does this incredible kind of public service announcement oh, to, to process it, he names all the things we should keep in our hearts and our minds. And the last three things he talks about are faith and pardon and love. Mm. And you think about those. I mean, who else was talking about pardon in the immediate aftermath of 9-11? Oh, it was, it was burning spears. It was fists raised. It's yeah. let's go and kill. That, that stuck out as being an incredible, incredible moment. Yeah. And I think those three things, I keep coming back to this, the sense of, of faith or trust or whatever that means to you of love and of pardon, of understanding, you know, essentially, uh, is something we, we don't have nearly enough in our culture. And, you know, that's something when I come back to what would he think about this? I come back to those three things. Um, what's next? Have you got, have you got another project? Are you constant? Cause your, your back catalog is incredible. You've done some great movies. I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but are you constantly, you've got three or four ideas on the go at the same time? I do. I do. And I just finished this other film about Orson Welles, uh, that's coming out on Netflix in a couple of weeks, um, called the love me when I'm dead. So I just finished two films. So I'm taking a slight breather. I'm working, I'm working. I I have some TV shows I'm working on now, but I'm trying to decide what the next film is, but it'll come soon. I'm sure. Uh, Listen, uh, won't you be my neighbor? It's it's so beautiful. Really. I I enjoyed it way more than I was expecting to. Everyone I know who's seen it has been just blown away. You should be very proud of yourself. It's a great film. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And thanks for uh, speaking out about it.